What's up, y'all? Kofi Kingston here, and I would love to have a drink with Wrestling on the Rocks, depending on what that drink is, preferably non-alcoholic, you know? How's it going? I'm Kofi Warrior, Shane. Soda. I would love to have a drink with Wrestling on the Rocks. Maple syrup. I would never have a drink with Wrestling on the Rocks. Welcome to the Dive Bar of the IWC. Welcome to Episode 1 of Wrestling on the Rocks. I'm at Ref Marsh. We are at WOTR the show. With me today for our Thursday night chaser, Miss Amanda Jane. Say what's up. Hey, what's up, people? How you doing on this Thursday? Uh, also, we do have a mic'd up producer lady. Hey, everyone. I'm here. Sort of. Hanging. Pretty, pretty tired, but I'm here. Yeah, hanging. Pour my wine. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, we're happy to have everyone in here as our drinking buddies. Amanda, let's start with you. What's in your glass? Well, it was a rough day, but, you know, right now I'm trying to calm down. Mm-hmm. But I just have regular Coke because, you know, it's okay. Yeah, it's not about what you're drinking. It's what you're drinking with. Yep. Yeah, exactly. yeah I'm having uh, uh, unsweetened tea. Oh, that's Still. right. So going right. with the uh, with the uh, non-alcoholic month, no <laughs> soda, no bubbles. I'm going for so <laughs> yeah, having a little bit of tea. I'd be dead by now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty What you got? Uh, I have La Finca. It's an oak aged 2014 Malbec. Mm. So yeah, mm. some red some red wine for me. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. try if i get my new alcoholic well it's actually well it's kind of alcoholic but if i get my new drink by next week i will show you there's a new sponsored not sponsored i think that's gonna happen oh yeah sounds good had it for the first time on sunday and i was wow blown away more to come i've been keeping an eye out for that mountain dew seltzer stuff there's (laughs) apparently a mountain dew alcoholic drink going out and around i haven't seen it i haven't seen it I'm keeping my eye out for it because I got to have it for Justin's sake. <laughs> so, okay. we'll start with the easy stuff. You want to go with birthdays? Yeah, not too many to uh, celebrate this week, but there is enough that it's a happy birthday for a lot of people. So, day actually we have a couple. Oh, I'm into the wrong month. I must told you the wrong month, guys. So today we got to give. Some some AEW love over to Marina Shafir. I don't know if you saw her last night, mm. but yeah. ooh, man, I yeah, God, she's so good. I mean, and I like the, that they made it a point to tell everybody last night on commentary that um, Josh Barnett and uh, yeah. Serena Deeb are training her. I thought yeah. that was mm. cool. No, yeah. Um, yeah, I will say that her best matches, I think, are the ones in Bloodsport. To be honest, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. nothing else seems to, to like. She had one with uh, uh, Masha, Masha. Mm-hmm. It was fucking badass. She had one with Zeta Zhang that was incredible. Hmm. Um, well, Masha's badass though. That's the yeah. thing. You yeah. know, if you've never seen Masha slam events, you guys are missing out. But you can see her for free tomorrow. She's facing Debbie Malenko at West Coast Pro. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. And she's constantly she's been on a, a Mission Pro a couple of times too. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. I know Thunder Rosa really likes her. Yeah. You know who else's birthday is today? Hmm. One of my favorite women of WWE. 
It's fucking Lita's birthday. Amy Dumas. Happy birthday, girlfriend. Yeah. One of my favorites. <laughs> I mean, I know some people don't like her. but She's so great. In her match she had with Becky Lynch, uh, mm-hmm. I believe, was it in Saudi Arabia? Incredible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Incredible. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah. She's she's one of the best, uh, I think. She's one of my favorites. Um, this next person's very controversial, so control your narratives, Austin Aries. <laughs> Oh. Having a birthday. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, I have to laugh. I control your narrative. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Control your narrative. Very Excuse enough. me. But Vicky Guerrero is having a birthday. Oh. This oh. weekend. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Mia Yim's having her birthday. And then one of my probably my personal favorite wrestlers from back in the day, um, rest in peace, man, Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Oh, yeah, the Piper. Oh, you know, we recently went to uh, a late show, a night show in, over here and. In town uh, of of they live, it's pretty cool. dope. Yeah, like, producer cool. never seen it. I, yeah, that's awesome that you do that. And then finally, um, probably one of GCW's maybe third most hated persons, um, Kurt Hawkins. <laughs> Happy birthday, man! Ooh. Or Brian Myers, as we all yeah. know him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Easy to hate. So happy birthday, everybody. And yeah. next week, I'm going to have a birthday surprise because I saw, a, I peeked at what birthdays are coming up next week. So I'm going to have a birthday surprise. Hmm. Tune in. If, you, <laughs> if, you don't, if you're listening, you got to tune in to <laughs> the web because you're not going to be able to see it. Mm-hmm. Oh. Hope that was a hint. <laughs> I'm going to fix my lighting. Uh, so yeah, next week. I'm trying to think. I think we're ready to just do news. I don't have a yeah. whole bunch of other stuff. We'll go into news, and you can tell me a little about your GCW stuff, and then we'll go yeah. we'll go from there. Uh, so one of the things that was going on, uh, Pat Buck, he produced the, I believe it was both main events at WrestleMania this year, mm. and afterwards put out a statement saying that, you know, after so many years with the company and as a producer... There's nothing bigger or better than he could have done than those two main events. And so he was going to step away and, uh, he said, refocus more time with family. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then they announced like yesterday, I think it was that Pat Buck signed as a producer for AEW. And I, I do see people who are trying to make something more of it than I think it is. Like mm-hmm. it's a lighter schedule mm-hmm. and he's mm-hmm. a producer there. So was a dozen other people. Like he'll probably be able to continue to help develop people, mm-hmm. be in the business that he's you know been obsessed with his whole life. Yeah, but also spend cool. a lot more time at home. It kind of like all checks out. Yeah, I'm excited. Cool. I'm excited for the product. Honestly, I was like, oh, thank God, maybe they'll get the camera angles right. Uh, not that kind of producer. Oh, okay, uh, gotcha. Sorry. That's what Mitch something? Damn it. Know, he stepped away too. Yeah, I don't know who's producing that. Oh one. man. Uh, but he's like doing like a match. Producing, oh, so sorry. This is what All the right. match should look like, how your finish should be, stuff like that. Uh, but it also sounds like, from what we've heard, not a lot of like producing going on, uh, even with the amount of producers they have there and the amount of coaches they have there. So hmm. probably just a more relaxed gig where you could spend more time at home and still be around wrestling. It's, I mean, win-win. Yeah, hopefully more money. Yeah, and hopefully someone yeah. does listen and we see a positive effect on some of the matches and stuff, you know? Yeah. Still Tony's way or the highway. Well. Still listen. Yep, yep. 
Yeah. That's all I had to say about that. Did you have any other thing on it? No, I didn't even know that Pat Buck had signed with them. Yeah. I'm not surprised, but, you know, then again, you know, a lot of those guys who were producing for WWE have come around, like Sanjay, and, you know, it's just a matter of time we'll see other people. Yeah, um, Malenko, Arn, they were all producers over uh-huh. there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh. So. Yeah. Uh, Waiting for Adam Pierce to come rear his head over. <laughs> yeah, they can since do the ring, You know, since they own Ring of Honor now, you know, they're bringing all those guys back, so might yeah. as well. The other thing I had, uh, uh, right after the Ring of Honor Supercard event, there was a media scrum that I watched. Mm-hmm. And Samoa Joe was there, and uh, someone asked him directly, because he was in NXT when the shift was occurring between NXT and Black and Gold at 2.0. And he was even at the Vegas tryout, where Hmm. they kind of launched the new uh, directive, as it were, that WWE was going to be scouting more collegiate athletes than Mm -hmm. indie wrestlers. Hmm. And it was interesting, because the person kind of came off a little, bit, a little bit to me like they were fishing for Joe to talk about how important it is to get out of the indie talent alone and how uh, athletes aren't the answer kind of a deal just because given Samoa Joe's uh, background mm. and given the kind of direction of the question, the way it was positioned. But it was funny to see Joe respond because he was all like, that was by necessity. He said... Uh, there was no more indie talent to pull from. He goes, realistically, all the viable talent had been pulled to AEW. He goes, they had to switch what they were doing. There wasn't there wasn't really another option for them. If, if the well is dry, you have to change the well. And I thought that was a really cool point. You know, we've talked about it before. AEW is scooping up so much indie talent that I don't know how much good or bad they're doing for the indies. But I feel like they're having more of an effect on the indies than WWE is. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like they've had enough of an effect. That it's actually changed the direction of WWE just by necessity alone. If AEW's getting everyone before they're ready, we can't wait for people to be ready on the indies. We might as well go to collegiate athletes who aren't going to be ready anyways and just train them from the ground up. You know what I mean? Like Thoughts, Amanda? Well, you know, with originally, I mean, I don't... When was the... um, Vegas tryout was that like SummerSlam? Mm-hmm. So this last year? Yeah, this this SummerSlam, oh. the last SummerSlam to happen. Oh, okay. Um, you know, it makes me look back and think like, was AEW at the time were they poaching everybody? Yes and no, but I mean, what WWE didn't pick out at first because they really were starting to cherry pick what and like I'll say end of 2017, 2018, that's when it started. AW was around. So the guy who's fishing is kind of an idiot, and he needs to look at what he's talking about because the more blatant poaching was then. Now, with WWE, now it's obviously Tony Khan likes to sign anybody who used to work for WWE. That's his MO now. So, and especially if you work for Ring of Honor, Welcome you open arms. I want to make Ring of Honor different, but it's going to be the same thing. So, I don't know. I just kind of 
you know, I'm, I'm indifferent to it. But I mean, right now, AEW, it always has been a glorified indie show. This was yeah. better production value and it's on TV. It's got a TV deal. That's yeah. all it is. Yeah, it still comes off that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep, yep. Huh. It's not well, an outlaw mud show. You know, if you want to get into the shows, we can. Yeah, we can. Like or, stuff. you know, oh. outlaw mud shows. GCW. Oh, you went to GCW, yeah. Oh, yep. It was their debut. And let me tell you, the venue it was in, okay, I'd never been to this venue before. It was called the Midway. Hmm. And it's in, like, probably almost on the borderline of the worst place you can go in San Francisco. A Bayview Hunters Point, if you know the area, you know what I mean. So, um, but the venue was beautiful. Uh, It looked really professional. It looked like it was, you know, for GCW, I mean, shit, there were like video screens, there were, you know, the lighting was phenomenal. I will say this, I was facing that lighting and oh, I had to wear my sunglasses the whole time. So if you saw GCW and I was in sunglasses, not because I was trying to get cloud or anybody people, it was because I was trying to see. It was very difficult to see. But um, it was they were very, very well received. I mean, this was a crowd that I think, it was very diverse, um, which shocked me because the front row, which I heard was gone right away, was filled with a lot of people I'd never seen before. Hmm. Um, not saying that they traveled over there, but there were older people. I mean, I'm talking about, you know, I'd say late between late thirties to early fifties were in that hmm. front row. And it was interesting to see that. Oh, yeah. And I thought, well, hmm. kind of they're they're really diverse in this age thing. So, hmm. you know, it was really, really incredible. I mean, um, for me. Um, what was great was there were so many people who either no-showed, hi Bandito, um, <laughs> or, you know, um, or they had flight problems, Fatu did, mm-hmm. I was a little sad oh. about that, you know, he had a good that replacement. sucks. Yeah, I know, but he had a good replacement that came in, so it was juicy, it was supposed to be Juicy and, um, and Fatu and I can't remember the other guy. But anyways, another Uso. Anyway, they're, they're everywhere. But um, I will... <laughs> it's true. Sad but true. We'll say that Janela is probably one of the... Um, I, and I'm not saying it because I love Janela, Janela, but him versus Dark Sheik, this was probably the best Dark Sheik match I've seen since Dark Sheik's had a big indie put like a push besides being a hood slam and, you know, locally. Yeah. And Joey, it was great. I mean, Joey looked incredible. I mean, I haven't seen him, you know, in a couple of years now in person, but this body transformation, I mean, yeah. he's taking his shit seriously. So it was kind of cool to see. Yeah. And um, he actually, Marsh, there's a little bit of news I was saving for today. <clears throat> They're actually going to let us interview him. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah. Right. So That's I got to cool. arrange it with him. So. Um, but, uh, spoiler alert, um, he will be back. He's going to be in the West coast quite often. So this was a great way of, um, you know, if you've never seen Janela people, West coast, my friends, he's going to be all over defy West coast pro. I can't tell you when he's debuting, but I found out, 
GCW is coming back again in July. So lots of great things are happening. I mean, they love, the crowd really loved having GCW there. And there were no death matches, which was weird. They've been doing that a lot. They've been, a lot of their shows have not been what they're known for. It's been kind of neat. I actually really like it. It's been a lot more of of a bunch of different types of matches. And then there's usually, I want to say the last like four I've been to, there's like one, maybe two matches that use weapons. And then the rest of them are just different styles of matches. They, some of them even stay in the ring, which is also kind of wild, but some of them get completely crazy. Uh, but yeah, I think that out of all the ones I've been to, I don't think I've seen a single light tube. Uh, oh. It wasn't until Alex Zane at the last one went through those panes of glass that I really saw that. Like, yeah, I think they're trying to be cautious because of that. You know, hmm. they are on the well. side of caution. But I mean, people, if you love deathmatch, you love deathmatch. But the only <clears> time you saw any weapons were the standard doors yeah. and chairs. Which is very funny, funny because. I like one the doors the, is their thing. I know. But it was funny because where I was sitting, um, it was the uh, second gear crew had depleted all the chairs underneath where I was. So when Joey had his match, he was like, where the fuck are all the chairs? I go, dude, you got to go around the corner. They raped this side. Yeah. <laughs> so that was really kind of fun. Um, even Effie. And I've never been all that impressed with Effie. Yeah. Effie was actually really good. So... Okay. You know, um, I don't know if it's because, hey, we're in, you know, we're in San Francisco. It's a new city and we're debuting, but it just was really, it was really good. And because there was a lot of no-shows and flight problems, um, we did get to see some of our uh, lovely local people in the show. So that was a really oh. great uh, moment for all those guys. So Titus Alexander and um, I wish Starboy Charlie, well, he's coming back soon, so, but. People, GCW people have seen them before. But um, Titus was one. Um, Midas Creed over here was one. D-Rogue, he filled in for Fatu. And he was incredible. I've never seen him wrestle like that. You know, it's been a long time. So definitely some some good stuff going. So if you get a chance to see it, I would say, you know, it's a great one. Because main event, Suzuki versus B-Ball Mike Bailey. Holy shitballs. (laughs) Wow. I, you know, I've now seen Murder Grandpa quite a bit up close. And I will say that this one, both of them, just the pain, like with Mike's kicks and everything. I mean, it was phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, I I was like just blown away. I mean, there's a photo of me on the internet that my friend Matt took, who's doing photography, who does photography. And there was one where I, Speedwall got hit really hard by... Suzuki, and here was me. <gasps> yeah. Mm-hmm. That was the reaction. <laughs> that was me mostly the whole show was like that match. Like, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. It was just that intense. <laughs> yeah. So. Did you get to meet him again? No, I didn't. No. I get to see him tomorrow, though. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <clears throat> That's awesome. I'm excited. Uh, yeah. That one's going to be a good one. Tomorrow. I wonder if because they're expanding the way that they are, trying to tour more than just being like one or two places. I wonder if that's why you're seeing less of the overt violent death matches. Mm. Because um, I think they just are trying to be like I I think 
if you're asking other cities to host you for the first time, mm-hmm. you want to be able to point to something they can watch that isn't just all like carny, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, yeah, stunt show stuff. Yeah. Not even stunt but show. Uh, what am I thinking? I will of? say this: that venue is really nice. Yeah. And one thing that bothered <laughs> me was there were no mats on the floor, so it was all oh, cup. so oh. there. Were well, not any flippy dippy shit, which was good. But... When we were there, there weren't any mats. Yeah, that's why they don't jump on each other, or they don't like do bumps onto the floor. They jump onto each other, mm. or but they'll the jump U- into the chairs. Mm-hmm. But the Ukrainian Cultural Center, if I'm not mistaken, it's not that it's regular like hardwood. It's not like yeah, it's not concrete. Oh, yeah. that's true. Yeah, concrete metal. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so I'm thinking maybe that's it. But I know if they decide to expand in the uh, Pacific Northwest, there's no deathmatch at all. So mm-hmm. that's something to also consider. Someone had asked, oh, is it because San Francisco has an ordinance? And I said, no, because <laughs> one of the San Jose promotions called UGLA, because they do sometimes they do deathmatch, is um, at this one place called the Emporium. And it's a really cool venue because it's one of those ones that has you know, pool tables and video games and a bar. Everyone loved this one because there were three bars at this <laughs> venue. And at the same time, there was a EDM, uh, I guess, club happening at the same time. That's fine. Huh. Go figure. So that was very interesting to see. Um, yeah, it was, it was kind of cool. Yeah, get a wristband for both and just kind of go back mm-hmm. and forth. Just go back and forth, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to their show in LA in May? Maybe not. I, okay. I'm right now. Um, I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to go to the two weekday shows in Las Vegas for AEW because I have the tickets. Oh. But oh. I don't know. Okay. I, I might sell those. So if you're listening, <laughs> I have one, just one ticket for Rampage and one for Dynamite that is. Um, on the floor and it's mm-hmm. actually it's probably the end of the row but not on the, the ramp but the other side yeah. if you're mm-hmm. interested I have a fourth row and a fifth row hit me up I only want face yeah. you know so my cool. plug there just in case I can't which I'm pretty <clears throat> sure I'm not gonna I'd rather try to get something at the forum mm-hmm. so and do those two yeah well that makes sense Makes sense for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm re- getting ready for July over here. So, What's happening there in July? Uh, GCW, July 17th. Oh, yeah. They're coming back. Mm-hmm. Another uh, Sunday again. So, yeah. A lot happening in July. July. Yeah, I think that's Father's Day. No, Father's Day is in June, right? Yeah. Yeah. Never, <laughs> never mind. Yeah. yeah. So, all, all right. right. Cool. Well, oh, there is some news. Hmm. So, what? Marty Skrull is doing a taco... Uh, a margarita festival in Orlando. Oh, I share that with people. Is that where he's having the Flip Gordon match? I don't know. Um, I, I was. I had told both of them that if it's somewhere, you need to tell me where it is because I will go. Well, they posted a picture of uh, of the match. It's yeah, but they happen. didn't have any dates or anything no details that's what i mean <laughs> it just said marty scroll versus flip gordon and oh. the the winner is real real huh right because there's like the whole ghost thing going back and forth and huh. 
Yeah. Do you think it was fan art, or do you think that there's actually a mask coming up? No, they're they're doing it on like flips. If you've been watching flips, now I I, I will say this. This reminds me of old BTE, mm-hmm. which I enjoyed, <laughs> not because of Marty or whatever, but the love the comedy level and whatnot, <clears throat> and the mischief. This reminds me of it, and flips little story about where is everybody has evolved yeah. to this and i think it's really really kind of fun and in a way it's kind of in its own way kind of i'd say not really pushing but kind of subtly getting marty back into the scene however yeah. i know a lot of people don't like flip you yeah. don't like the whole control your narrative stuff but it's like you know what again you should not put people's political beliefs their you know religious beliefs or any you know kind of those beliefs unless you know you're you know you're a white supremacist or a nazi or something and you're known hi drake younger um just stuff like that so you know but i don't know i just i don't have i've never had problems with what he doesn't bother me that doesn't bother me there are people out there that do worse things than flip thinking the earth is flat no well yeah yeah but yes, it's true. Yes, I, if I ever find out where they're going to do this, because I'm sure they have to have fans around, I'll let you know because I want to go badly. I was immediately curious, if nothing else, to mm-hmm. I want to see it. I, if it's not anywhere near me, then. But oh, you know me, I'm crazy. I'd go, but <laughs> but I'd actually even do. I'll do a half Flip Gordon shirt and half Marty shirt. I still have the other half. From from the Battle of Amanda, so yeah, <laughs> I have a flip yeah. shirt I can do that with. Oh. All right, cool. All right. Yeah, uh, you want to talk a little AEW? Sure, AEW. Uh, I went through Rampage mm-hmm. and ultimately watched one match because there was nothing I found interesting. Uh, outside of the one match. Yeah, I, I only watched the one match, too. What is uh, you watch one match of Dynamite. You watch oh, shoot. That's right. Sorry. Um, I watched uh, um, Moxley and Yuta. <laughs> oh, okay. Because that's what everyone was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, I was semi-interested in the concept of Trent Beretta versus Brian Danielson, but also realized that nobody I saw uh, had a single tweet about it, so I figured it was probably exactly what you thought it was going to be on paper and nothing more, nothing less. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. Swerve and QT could not interest me less. Nope. Uh, Willow Nightingale versus Red Velvet. Uh, I mean, I know it's for the Owen Hart qualifier, um, but Red Velvet's been a mess ever since we've ever seen. I mean, this was not going to. She's be... not improving. No. Oh. I mean, if she's improving, it's slow, and which is fine. But yeah, I've, every time I huh. check her out again, I go, "Okay, this was a mess again." Like, mm-hmm. it just so there was nothing about that to me personally. Mm-hmm. But then we got to Moxley Yuta, so that's what I watched. Uh, did you have something you want to say about any of those matches? You know, one of the, you know, you guys know I love Trent Beretta. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, it was like, I knew what was going to happen. Because, yeah. you know, it's like, this is the same match, just new people. Hi, Brian James, and you're not doing anything great. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, that's how I felt about that. Red yeah, I feel like they're again. not putting in, a, in him in a position to do great stuff. No. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
Like, it's weird. Mm-hmm. But, who knows? Yeah. I thought red velvet was a hot mess. And I sat there and wondered, why have not they not pulled the trigger on Willow Nightingale? Mm. I don't understand that. She's had great matches um, for AEW. Yeah, I love yeah. the the outpouring for her, mm-hmm. too. Like, everyone just says she's just such a great person, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. she seems like a really nice so person. Cool. I know I've seen her in MLW a little bit here and there. And mm. I think Mission Pro, too, maybe. In Mission yeah. Pro. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think she's got a ton of potential. She's not a, a mess. She, I haven't seen... There's not, like, a match I would be like, oh, you have to check out this match of hers. Mm-hmm. But it all feels like, hey, in time, she will mm-hmm. be that, the mm-hmm. one that well, you're watching, you know? She did have, for the in the first For the Culture, I believe it was her versus Trisha Dora. That was a good match. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was a really good one. I think it was the first... Yeah, I think it was the first For the Culture. So, AJ Gray did good with that one. And when these guys do have one of these shows, yes, they do book them. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, spring break, Janella books that. The cluster fund, Janella books that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't I know. I wonder, too. I feel like Tony um, plays the old carrot on a stick thing with a lot of the talent that he oh, no, tries he to see how long he can get away with not signing people. Like, look at Danny Jordan. She's yeah. been there since day one. Only been on I dark, like only jobbed, and she's still not signed with them. Yep. Like, I she's been think. with them literally for, like, three years. Yeah. She was in the yeah. crowd when it was a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you guys doing? Like, you're paying her per appearance, mm-hmm. and you could stop at any time. Like, she's also one of the ones that's in the best shape of her life at this moment. Mm-hmm. She's been getting better and better. Like, I mean, you can name a thousand, uh, like, a good 40 people that you see on those shows that are not signed. And mm-hmm. I think Willow's one. I just don't understand what they're doing, man. I mean, and that goes, I think, sorry not to cut in real quick, but um, I think that goes back to what you were saying earlier at the, the top of the show that, you know, the company really hasn't done what everyone was assuming they would do for the indies, right? Everyone thought, oh, this is going to really elevate the indies. I mean, has it? Oh, you know, I mean, or... I mean, for Willow, I mean, like, for jo- for for Danny Jordan, what I could say is that she's getting paid probably more regularly for okay. someone who's non-contracted than okay. you would expect. And it probably ups her rate. It, probably if uh, if West Coast Pro wanted a booker, they'd have to pay more now than they would have three years ago. Okay. Um, which is no, probably good for her. Mandy. You say what? Maddie, not Mandy. Maddie Renkowski. What about her? Oh, they'd rather book her. Sure, whatever. I'm just saying, like, her value, her, her rate would have to have gone up, I imagine. Okay. Um, like, Warhorse. Like, I think his rate went up after he was on the one Dynamite, though, once. Mm-hmm. You know, like... So it's yeah. it's helped in a way. I just don't know if it's... I just don't know what that way is entirely. For individual talents at times, yeah. But, I don't know, it seems a little weird. No. Okay. It does get people some national exposure. Like, if... if Danny Jordan or Willow Nightingale came through Arizona, you might have a better turnout at that show because, hey, here's people I've seen at the AEW shows, you mm-hmm. know? So that's not all bad. Right. So I don't know. I just, I don't like to see somebody who's working for a company for three years on a case-by-case basis. It's not, especially not given the way that they had uh, announced the 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 thing to begin with. 
as a place where people were in, uh, they were going to be employees and they're going to have health care and all that stuff. And it turned out none of that was true at all. And then now it's they they were totally trashing all the contract stuff with WWE, and yet their contracts aren't dramatically different. They're very very similar. No. Nope. Oh, WWE opened up third party uh, stuff for their yeah. talent. Cameos. Cameos mm-hmm. and. Um, I think they're able to do twitches now and meet and greets that are outside of the WWE sphere, which is pretty cool. Yeah, probably expensive, <laughs> but an option. Yeah, I think like a meet or a virtual one or cameo with uh, Carmella was like three hundred. Yeah. So. Oh my god. I mean, yeah, Sasha's was insane like yeah. years ago. Oh yeah. They, yeah. When they were doing it, so. Yeah, but you know, like I said, expensive but an option. So. I got one for free, so woohoo. Well, oh, yeah. When you get them for free, this. jump on it. Well, I've gotten a few for free. <laughs> I got, uh, in, in, as far as WWE goes, I got Kofi, Sheamus, Mandy. I think we got a Naomi for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bailey. No, my Bailey was not free. Carmella's was when we bought the wine. Well, we had two with Carmella. Yeah. Both of them we paid for because we got the signed things from both of those. Yeah, yeah. Sammy, Carmella, and and Bailey were the three that we were willing to pay for. Yep, yep. For obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> mine, but, mine actually, technically, mine, this was before these ever even happened. It was a birthday gift. Yeah. And it, the person who gave this to me, I'm like, boy, you're really cheap. That should probably tell you who it was who gave this to me. Right. Hey, it was <laughs> Marty and his dog singing me happy birthday. That's fine. Aw. That's fine. Yeah. And it was mentioned, yeah, this is your birthday present from Colt Cabana. And I'm like, yeah. bastard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I asked him, um, how much did you have to grovel and beg to Marty? He goes, quite a bit. I go, mm-hmm. That's funny. It was That's funny. Um, so what did you think about the moxley Uta match? I've been a fan of wheeler Uta for a while now. I love how everyone's jumping on the bandwagon. I've really been impressed with him because I used to watch, you know, Beyond Wrestling um, from mm-hmm. Mac East and Chikara and stuff like that. So I've seen him quite a bit. And mm-hmm. I can say that I feel that when he started with AEW, he's improved so, so much. Yeah. And I don't mm-hmm. want to say it's, oh, because you know you're on TV and you have to. But no, I mean, you could see the growth in his wrestling. And cool. I think that this really opened up a lot of people's eyes that, you know, he's not this jokey dude that's just thrown in with Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor and yeah. Trevoretta. And I think that that, it really did a good, you know, service for him. And it's nice to see that when fast forwarding that the, what is it? The Blackpool Combat Club. Club. Yeah. Combat Club. It's nice to see that they're kind of taking it a little bit seriously and getting people who have that kind of potential. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Because one person who I really think should be in there and not where he is in the Jericho Society is Daniel Garcia. Sorry, that's a waste of Daniel Garcia. He looks right. like a he looks like a fool. Like I'm yeah. sorry. And I know he's a great wrestler, so you know. But I really enjoyed the match, and I thought, you know, hey, this is, you know, this is probably one of Mox's, I will say this, flame me if you want, people. You can <laughs> at me. 
but this was the best Moxley match he's had at AEW. Hmm. Wow. I think so. Hands down. You know, because his match, you know, with Omega, the barbed wire one, it would have been, it would have been all right, you know, pretty good had we not had fire, you know, spark. A lot of it was trash for, I mean, beyond that, there was a lot of stuff that just came off really weird and phony. Yeah, uh, yeah I can't think of a better match he's had uh, in AEW. Uh, Grimmy for coming through the chat saying, hi. That's how he talks. <laughs> hi. Hey. Uh, cheers to Grim Reaper. Uh, I did watch the match. I don't think I can disagree that it probably is the best uh, Moxley match. Definitely the best Yuta match. Mm-hmm. I could not find myself caring at all. <laughs> because it seemed like a mechanism that was really obvious from the get-go. You go, oh, they're gonna, he's going to cut himself early. Mm-hmm. And then it was telegraphed when that was about to happen. He goes out to the ring. You start seeing the ref pull into his pocket. Because I watch the refs because I try to learn from them when I can. Mm-hmm. The ref reached into his pocket. He starts walking around with his hand like this. I'm like, oh, the ref's trying to get to Yuta to give him the blade, I think. <laughs> then you see Moxie come around. Then you see the ref go out the other side and try and sneak behind the camera. And I was like, refs shouldn't be leaving the ring unless he's trying to hand something off, I'm sure. You see Moxie go around say something to Yuta, curb stomp him, and then walk away. The ref is stepping down towards Yuta when the camera cuts away, gives it a minute, comes back. The ref's, like, scrambling back into the ring, and now Yuta's bleeding, and you're like, oh, I wonder how that happened. (laughs) But it was, like, a lot, a lot of blood that I felt like was unnecessary. But at the same time, like, (laughs) I think my confusion, I think I had a hard time caring because we knew Yuta had to lose. We knew Yuta had to bleed. Mm-hmm. So, all the false finishes to me felt like delaying and not like a surprise. Like when he kicked out of the paradigm shift, I was all like, "Oh, that's weird." Like I didn't go, "Oh," I was like, "That's weird that they'd have him kick out because because I mean, he's going to be losing." Like it was really I... hard for me to become invested just knowing how it had to play out, and there were no surprises about it, and mm-hmm. I felt like false finishes for the sake of it. This would be cool if they had a rivalry. It was like a dude, I want to learn from you. And the other guys will go, how about I try to murder you? And if you don't die, then <laughs> then I'll teach you. And I, then that's what we got. It was weird. I mean, I will say, just in general, it's really difficult to surprise Marsh. Just, I feel like you're always, you're always like strategizing, like what's going to happen next? Or you, or you, you're like, oh, this is the natural way of the story. Like this and this and this is going to happen. So it is difficult. You're kind of a tough one to surprise. I will say that the ability. So with WWE, when I watch WWE, you always have that thought in your mind. They could go the other direction at a heartbeat because sometimes they just do shit like that. And sometimes matches end and you go, wow, they had that person win. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. AEW doesn't ever do that they haven't in three years they've Mm. never had a surprise finish so Mm. there's it's become a certain point where they've like the same way wwe beats it into your head that 
that anything can happen in the WWE, like the old mantra they used to have, and a lot of times people even make jokes about it. It's the swerve, you know, from back in the Russo stuff. Like, it's been beaten in your head that they could go with different things. Or plans change, pal. Like, mm. they beat that shit into your head all the time, right? That, well, you just don't know. Hey, they don't even know. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> at the end of the day with AEW, they beat it in your head. Like, the plan has been set for the next four years, mm. and uh, nothing's going to change that. And what you think is going to happen is exactly what's going to happen because Tony feels this ultra obligation to please his fan base on a level that doesn't allow him to go a different direction when people think they're going there, we're going to go here. You know what I mean? Hmm. Where one of the nice things about WWE is you can look back. I mean, like you could take Becky and Bianca, for example. Bianca wins at WrestleMania against Becky. And you can kind of look back and go, oh, remember eight months ago at SummerSlam when Beck, Bianca lost and everyone said she doesn't deserve this. This is crazy. I can't believe they buried her. They have to pick up where they left off, right? And then you had Bianca no longer in the title picture having matches with Dewdrop. People were like, look, she's just in the middle card for no reason. She, <laughs> there she just is doing nothing. They've ruined Bianca. Now she doesn't mean anything. Mm. And you can look back and like from hindsight and go – that was the plan all along. They were going to this moment from the beginning, and they got there by having Bianca work herself back up. Like, And they had Becky doing other things. Everything Becky was doing that wasn't Bianca was killing time because the story was Bianca. Right. You know? With this, you never look back on anything in AEW and go, oh, I can't believe they actually started doing this back then. They tease a thing, and you go, oh, they're going to do that? And then they do it paint by numbers. And you go, okay. So it was really hard for me to like get invested mm. in any of the false finishes when you go, well, you just has to lose. Mm. So it's weird that they had him kick out of the paradigm shift. It wasn't this big, massive moment to me. But it mm. probably was their best match. Mm-hmm. And I felt bad afterwards because I was like, this match was incredible from a from a perspective. Yeah. But from the perspective of what I love about wrestling, becoming invested and getting lost in it, it couldn't it didn't do that at all. Okay. You know? No. Like, Suzuki Joe did that for me more. And I knew even then, I, you know that Suzuki's going to lose. Because it's clear as day that they're trying to do the ROH thing they're trying to do. Hmm. But even then, Suzuki Joe was all like, oh my god, this is so good. And these guys are like, yeah. oh shit. And like, this one when was, I was weird. messaging you yesterday when I was yeah. watching it, I was like, holy god. Like, I mean, I know we're not talking about it yet, but I mean... That was just like wow. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what I kind of expect to see from mm-hmm. AEW and expect that from the beginning. So I don't know. Right. Call me snob, but you know. No, that I remember when we first started the show when they first started. How I mean, how excited Clump was, and how we really thought that's exactly what it was going to be. Almost, yeah, almost. The way, in a sense, the way you get excited about talking about blood sport. Yeah. 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 I think the other thing I had a problem with was this, this was not with no story, but a relatively cold match, right? Because you just just like, I want to learn from you. They punk mm-hmm. them around a little bit. And then they have this fucking 20-minute mm-hmm. main event of a massive pay-per-view type of match mm-hmm. that also leads to them being a team. Like, it doesn't feel like a blood feud. It feels like gratuitous fight to the death mm-hmm. and it's a little harder to be invested in let's fight to the death even though we don't have an issue with each other yeah. 
You know what I mean? Also, yeah, but I also think mm. that with Tony, in a way, he feels like, I think that the, there's a perception, I think, that he feels that, oh, I spent a lot of money on some of these people, so yeah. I'm going to milk that cow dry. Yeah, I got to use them. Yeah, and it's, you know, and it's shitty, <clears throat> I think, because then you get people who, you know, I don't know, maybe I want to see or Marsh wants to see or you producer lady wants to see and we don't get to see them because he's catering to these people who, you know, he dropped a lot of treader on. Yeah. But, you know. And I, I also, know. I also give respect to the concept of the match too, just being what it was because Moxley's been from the day one, right? The purveyor of violence, you know, like, so his matches kind of need to be more violent, but they also use blood so much that I'm never like, oh shit, someone's bleeding. You just go, mm-hmm. oh, someone's about to cut themselves. Like, it's different now. Yeah, it's... It, I mean, I'm surprised when there's not blood at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, for main events. Especially main events. Yeah, it's actually kind of a shock when and, someone doesn't bleed. And that's coming from me, producer lady, who does not watch on the regular, so... hmm Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. 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 I just think... I think they've overused the blood, and I think that they've overbooked the predictable... That it had, I had a hard time becoming. I mean, I say hard time. I had an impossible time being invested in the match as mm-hmm. I watched it. It was almost became an analytical thing of these two dudes are doing a good job at this match, mm-hmm. but I couldn't. I couldn't enjoy it and love it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you didn't get lost in it. Well, hope I'm hoping honestly that at least with Pat Buck that things start improving. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. They bring in people all the time. Uh, but it was, like you said, a good match. And I liked the people, the people who were freaking out about it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if it, because a lot of people were trying to say, oh, a star was made. Yuta's now a star. <laughs> that doesn't necessarily come out of this one. Same thing with, uh, was it Jordan Oliver did a move at GCW this past weekend where he pushed a dude onto the top rope. The dude bounced back on oh, him. He yeah. caught him and slammed him. And people oh, said, that's the one at um, San Francisco with Jack Cartwheel? Yeah. Oh, that yeah. move. Oh, my God. I was like, yeah. It was cool. It was totally we, cool. It was. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of people said, oh, how can you say Jordan Oliver's not a star? And I was like, because of one move you showed me? No. Like, the same way I can do a car trick and you won't call me a magician. That's how. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, because it's all, it takes a lot more than one singular thing to be a mm-hmm. star, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Also, all he was like, I've never seen anything like this ever in the history. Oh, my God. How is it? And if I, could, I was like, AJ Styles and Ricochet did that, like, right in the middle of the Thunderdome. Like, I get people weren't watching everything during the Thunderdome. But I remember when that happened, Ricochet, like, fucking AJ picks up Ricochet, throws him at the ropes. Ricochet, being already made of rubber, goes down <laughs> low on it, bounces up into the air. AJ catches him into a Styles Clash. Catches him upside down and does the Styles Clash and wins the match. And I remember when that happened, our minds were blown. Like, for one, to catch someone into a Styles Clash is insane. And probably no people in the world but AJ and Ricochet could pull off a thing like that. Mm-hmm. And Jordan Oliver pulled off a similar but different thing. But it was cool. I mean, the same thing here. It was like, this was cool. It was a good match. Time will tell if he's been made a star. But I like that there's a lot of fervor behind him right now. I think it's great. Ride that train. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Write it because you know what? You, you might be tossed to the trash in a month and we never see you for months and months on end. So you got to take it when it's there. 
Especially with him being the um, ROH pure champion. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of reservations on what ROH is going to look like moving forward and what it's going to be. And I think a lot of people are going to get lost in there. And I don't mean that like the the ROH will have such a deep roster. I mean, the AEW will have such a deep roster that ROH could very easily become a purgatory. Mm-hmm. You know? Like they put, I mean, they put Brian Cage down there already. Because mm-hmm. he didn't know what else to do with him. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, I just... I think it was cool, and I love the fan reaction. I wish I was more invested in it. But... You also, I mean, this is, again, snobby of me to say, but Go ahead, be snobby. their fans are kind of dumb. No offense. You're one of these. Uh, you know, like, I don't know. You know? Well, also, I think there's the age difference. I think there's a lot of young, like very, very young or like immature minded yeah. folks, you know, like uh, people that still laugh at. Like uh, Beavis and Butthood kind of jokes, you know? Yeah. That kind of humor. Yeah, there's a lot of Beavis and Butthood. I mean, look at Dan Lambert still making jokes about Tay Conti having sex. You got Jericho doing a middle finger and it gets a big reaction. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. The act of saying a curse word is not in and of <laughs> itself exciting to me. Right. But when someone goes, bitch, everyone goes, oh, they said a curse. <laughs> How many times did they say shit that one week? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so I will say I wouldn't say that they're 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 necessarily dumb, but it is a very simple audience to get a reaction from. Mm-hmm. You know what would happen? This is what I want to see. I want to see mm-hmm. someone like, like hanging out. Yeah. I'd get a reaction. Oh, yeah. Everyone else, yeah, ew, hell. That's what yeah. I would call the needle mover. Okay. What? What? Move the needle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, that was Ricky's move before. Yeah. Yeah. Went, you know, pulled the trunks down. It's like, hello. Yeah, Ric Flair did it for years. So did uh, HBK. Like, hey, it's mm-hmm. a spot, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else you want to say on the thing? No. And I'll tell you, too, there was not anything of interest on YouTube this week. Yeah. Mm. But, yeah, I do want to say, though, that Moxley and Yuta was probably both their guys' best match. Oh, yeah. And in a bubble fantastic but it also felt like it was booked into a bubble so it won't matter in a month didn't matter two months ago it didn't have to be this will never matter right (laughs) it was just kind of a weird thing that happened it was like remember that isolated incredible match like that's what's gonna be (laughs) so no one's gonna remember it yeah yeah but i also think it's great for people like you who are big yuda fan not a big moxley fan to get a match out of moxley that actually excited you and got you uh hyped you know Anybody like that part's who, awesome. Yeah, any, I think anybody who can get with a really good match out of Moxley because it's all the same bullshit. Hmm. You know, same same match, different person. Yeah. Different levels of blood, you know. That I think that, you know, if anyone can get a good match out of him, then, yeah. you know, that it's gonna be good. And I think that that's what the problem is with some of the AEW roster. Is very complacent. Mm. I've heard that from other people too. Uh, I do think that Yuta needs to work on tightening up his submission holds. They yeah. look loose, and then when Moxley breaks out, it just looks like he moved. It yeah. doesn't look like he broke out. You know what I mean? Yep. 
So he just needs to tighten up those holds because he'll do something where you're like, oh, it looks like it's going to hurt, and you're like, he's not even like, he's not even like holding it still even. Yeah. And then it's all like, oh, Moxley broke free, and you're like, no, he didn't. He just turned his head and walked out of it. Like, you know, <laughs> I mean, like, I feel like Jonathan Gresham. Yeah, mm-hmm. just got to tighten like, it up. You know, I mean, yeah, you have these big bulky arms and stuff, but your arms are no offense. I have T-Rex arms too. Okay, I'm not making fun of you. I'm just saying. If I were trying to do that, like if I went to you, Marsh, and I got you in the, like, let's just say, we do our arm bar, yeah. it's not going to look kind of realistic because it, it just doesn't. It's not going to look right. Yeah, and then when you, you gotta tighten roll, it up. Roll out of it, it's like, oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I would just say tighten up the submissions, but I did like he had a variation of them, and that was cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dynamite. be honest uh, I had it on I only watched the one match and I was only kind of poking my head up with things that I thought were uh, interesting and Mm -hmm. so I only kind of watched uh, a little bit of the show okay (laughs) there's a lot of stuff I didn't really I could not stand this Penta Oscuro thing especially with his manager being such a party city grim reaper uh, this CM Punk match meant absolutely nothing to me and I didn't care and didn't watch well, I will say this about Phil. This was probably for Phil one of his best matches because one, he did not look winded, mm. and two, Penta made him look good. Well, it's good. That means he's getting his ring shape up. Yeah. Um, so that was a shocker. Alex Ibrahantes needs to drop that Grim Reaper shit. That thing yeah. is awful. And then he's trying yeah. to do add this Paul Bearer kind of element to it, and I'm like, no. No. And he's acting over the top too, and I don't like that. And yeah, I don't like no. the over the top Penta stuff. He looks like a cartoon or a clown. And yeah, we already have one. His name is Danhausen. Yeah, yeah, we already have that. Yeah, we already have that. Yeah. But that was my comment about the CM Punk match. That's all I could think of was you're looking better. You're not winded, but Penta make you look good. Then that's a good thing. That's a net yeah. positive. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like the obscure thing, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I'll I'll take that. I also don't like the obscure thing because it's it showed up with realistically very little explanation on why and zero explanation on why his manager had to change and it was just like oh this is what we have now and you're like there was no transition no. as much shit as people want to give the Alexa Bliss character it transitioned slowly into that and so by the That's time true. we got to that over the top Alexa is possessed by the fiend or something. Uh, yeah. It made a sense of logic. It might have been a silly logic, but it was a sense of logic because it was a progression. This was a switch. This is our new character, Penta, now. Mm-hmm. And you go, oh, this felt like a rebranding. It felt like someone shows up with a different name kind of thing, but it doesn't bother yeah. people. So People are trying to say, oh, yeah, he did this on Lucha Underground. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I remember when he went bad on Lucha yeah. Underground. He but... didn't have this weird... No. I'm wear all black and... Just be ultra creepy. And he didn't come up from behind a fake tombstone that looks styrofoam, and he didn't have the mm-hmm. weird fog machine, and he didn't have the... Yeah. Not that I remember, at least. I remember him just breaking arms and being like, the fuck is wrong with this guy? Like, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, after that, we had Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus against Red oh. Dragon. Can um, you please take the belt off of that fucking Luchasaurus, please? <laughs> I'm sorry. No offense, Jungle Boy. I love you. I... I I love Jack, okay? But Luchasaurus, I'm like, dude, 
Okay. I don't think you have, they have enough of a young crowd, like kids, for Luchasaurus to really, you know, whatever. I, I don't understand this. I mean, I've seen him on the indies for a long time, and he sucked then, and he sucks now. No. No, he's not getting better. It was funny, actually. When we first saw him, we were like, oh, this guy's big, and he looks like he can move. Mm -hmm. And he was in, like, a battle royal for, like, a minute or two, and it was all like, oh, I can't wait to see him in a match. Yep. And then we saw him in a match, and we go, oh, that's weird. He seems off tonight. And then, like, just progressively, (laughs) he's always off. And it was, yeah. Yeah, I think I remember that. Even uh, uh, Kevlar has a Jurassic Express T-shirt, because we'd gotten one in, like, the Pro Wrestling Tees crate. Uh-huh. Back when we used to get him, and I gave it to him, and he was excited because oh yeah, I love those guys. And then like he didn't watch for like a year, and then he tuned back in and saw Luchasaurus, and he goes, "Dude, is he way worse than I remember, or was he always like?" Yeah, so I agree. I don't know why they're still holding on tight to Luchasaurus, except for because of Jungle Boy. But I also think Jungle Boy could drop the shit out of that gimmick. Mm-hmm. I don't need to call you a Jungle Boy. You're not. You're like I don't like the whole Jungle. I don't like the music. I don't like the fact he's you got like his... like the Baltimore entrance? No. I, I love it. Well, it's boring now. But in the beginning, when I first heard it at... Because he was doing it at PWG. He wasn't doing it anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, oh my god, this is like perfect. It sounds like a joke to me. Because I also now, don't like the song to begin with. Like, as a standalone song that I might hear on the radio sometimes, I always thought it was a dumb song and didn't like it. Well, and then when Jungle Boy comes out to it, I go, is this a joke? Are you going like, wouldn't it be funny if I came out to this? He, he, he. Like, so much of the decisions made here come off to me like, wouldn't it be funny if? And not like, wouldn't it be good if? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, mean, I just that, don't like the presentation of Jungle Boy in general. It goes back to, I just think it's a very sophomoric crowd. Yeah. And also, I mean, I don't know if the the talent... Is like that, or they're just like you said, wanting to really appease the fans. Well, so getting Guevara. down to their level, you know. Yeah. Well, look at Guevara. Okay. Yeah. Him and Ty Conti. I mean, that's you know. It's terrible. It's terrible. I mean. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sorry if you like if you people out there like that. I'm sorry. I feel for you. Yeah. But. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think that they should rebrand Jungle Boy. I don't even, I've never even thought calling him, I mean, even the name Jungle Boy was a joke because he had curly hair. I was like, oh, you look like you're straight out of the jungle. Like, what? Like, his whole presentation is a joke, and I think that he's not. I think that's what bothers me. And he was in the Indies because, you know, San Francisco was kind of his wrestling home. Um, he, the character never talked. You never saw him talk. And it was kind of like Hook in a way. But like, and you know, like if, if you know, you met him, I mean, he would talk, but in the ring, no, it was all the, the total like, you know, Encino man. He didn't talk. And then all of a sudden, you know, I was like, yeah. he probably watched something and he could talk now, but it was never like that. And yeah. so the gimmick, because he did have some moveset that looked like, okay, he's like a little... He's a little jungle boy. Okay, I get it. But honestly, like, I don't think that he's had... I've not seen... I've seen in person some of his best matches. And I've not seen that kind of level on AEW at all. Yeah. 
and his best matches have been with Jake Atlas. I, I, I feel like wait. he's super complacent. I saw a media scrum with him too, where mm-hmm. they were interviewing him about the tag match when he defended it against um, in the triple threat. Mm-hmm. And they were asking him, "What are your goals? Do you want to do a singles run? What do you What are you excited about? Who do you want to work with?" And everything he said was all was, "I don't know. Sounds good. Whatever happens, happens. I guess." Like he didn't sound passionate. He didn't sound invested. He sounded like he was on cruise control. And whatever yeah. happened, happened. And what the fuck ever, man. I don't care. Like it's yeah. really what it came across as. And I was yeah. kind of shocked because I was like, I thought he'd at least be like. I, you know, it was a strange pairing at first, and now that we're really in it, like, you know what I mean? Like, I thought he would, like, have something, but he's just kind of like, nah, I don't care. Every well, question, nah, I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> I think like, with him, and I've said this before, that a lot of these guys who go there, it cha- it's changed them. And not for the good, yeah. you know? And it's kind of shitty. I'm not going to lie. It's kind of shitty. I mean, because there's some people who... They've been there, done that. I mean, he's Cabana. Okay, I love to pick on him. He's not going to change for shit. You know, yeah. I mean, he's he's seen it all and whatever. But a lot of the younger people, you know, who haven't been around and hadn't gotten, you know, dicked by, well, there's some now who've gotten dicked by WWE. But, you know, it's hard. They haven't learned those lessons. They're given this fast track now. And so it's like, well, I don't care. You know, I'm making the money. You know, Tony will give me whatever I want. You know, that's the attitude. So, and it's sad because these are some people, because there's a couple people that I know on that roster who were really passionate and had a bunch of goals that were pretty cool. Now, no, not at all. Yeah, now it's like Like, they made it. I wonder part of it too is like, because you hear about how tough it is in WWE. And I wonder if WWE is tougher on their talent so they, in hopes that they won't become complacent. You could even argue that Cardona and Myers, I would hear the argument that someone thought they were complacent because they were always just happy to be there and they always were living the dream there. But I would also argue back that they also, that always ready thing came from the fact that they were always training and always being ready to do exactly what they were needed to do when they needed to do it. Mm-hmm. And, but I think that there's a lot of pressure to be that. I think that's one of the reasons why they were there for like Zack Ryder was 14 years. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's not an accident. It's because he did work so hard, and they also knew he wasn't becoming complacent. You know what I mean? And I feel like yeah. that here, it feels like that from what I hear from the veterans who are back there, that a lot of them will back, be back there, watch the matches, uh, and wait to see if the talent even wants their input. And he goes, some people do. Like, that's what I've heard from a number of the, the backstage talent who have done interviews when asked about what's the it like backstage and do people come for you advice. It's always like, there's a couple people who will. But it's not like they are getting seeked by a lot of people. And I feel like there's a whole lot of pats on the back and not a lot of like, hey, man, what are you doing? Yeah. You know? It's like there's uh, shit that they think when you, you know that it's like – you're whoever is telling you, oh, this is awesome and this is great, it's like, mm, I don't know about that. But, yeah. you know, I mean, it's, I think with, like, with Cardona and Myers, when I remember when Myers was released the first time and he went on the indies, he was a fish out of water. Oh. And you could tell it wasn't a very comfortable place to be in at first. 
I don't think he had ever really at the first run really kind of got the indies you know what I mean like he didn't you know it it was hard for him to adapt yeah but now that when he went back and then he came back again I think now this time he's a lot more prepared for what's yeah. there because that was like yeah. culture shock yeah for him and you could tell I mean but I just think that with like Cardona, he's one of these kinds of people. And if you didn't see that when he started doing the Z, you know, yeah. Long Island story or whatever, you know, then you don't get it because that's yeah. his thing is, you know, he wants to elevate himself to that level. And if no one's going to do it for him, he's going to do it for himself. Yeah. yeah. And, it's, and he's you know, going to learn from everything he's in. And if mm -hmm. it's even if it's a squash match, he's going to take a little something out of that squash match. Exactly. Uh, Oh, uh, we did have some chat. Uh, Grim Reaper in the chat saying Jungle Boy could join BCC and Speed Time uh, toughing him up. and uh, Or he could fight them to prove himself. So, I think it'd be good to have Jungle Boy join them. I think that would be a good move. Like, have him break away from Luchasaurus. Have him go in there. Have Moxley make fun of him for being called a Jungle Boy. Change <laughs> up his name. Give him a haircut or something. Or leave his hair long. I don't care. Give him the old Cameron Grimes. Shave him up. Shorten the hair. Read, give him a hat. You know what I mean? He doesn't need to be shaved. <laughs> I don't think he grows chest hair. Well, no, he has a little bit. But anyway. Yeah. No. Yeah. Not Shave that. those sideburns mattingly. <gasps> no. That's like his dad, dude. No. That's true. Those are his no. dad's chops. Don't be That's dissing a good point. Dylan McKay, goddammit. As a, a huge Dylan McKay shout out, you're probably right. That's probably exactly why he has those chops. Recipes. Uh, we uh, we did forget a birthday. What? Uh, Leon Ruffin, formerly known as Leon Ruff, uh, he's now 26. Leon. Ruff? Yeah, Aja's Aja's uh, yeah. fiance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that That's dude cool. just is always happy. Yeah, like, he looks happy as hell, man. He's just, like, always so positive. Like, mm -hmm. so I'm I just, surprised he hasn't been more on the indies, to be honest. And I'm surprised that AEW he, hasn't brought him in to be one of their jobbers. I mean, he was doing some stuff, I think, he, on the indies. He, yeah. 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 Was, like, he did GCW Detroit, and, like, that was it. Well, so, I mean, like, I was pretty... oh, Okay. All right. Well, good. Yeah. Guy. Yeah. Always um, hope the best for that dude. He seems yeah. really cool. Jim Ross was really funny here, too, talking about how... Uh, there was, I forget how he worded it with all the Topi Suicidas, mm -hmm. but he's all like, we're going on all night. Cause like he, they just kept jumping out on each other at a certain point. And then he started talking about how there was a lot of knee injuries already in the night. And why are we still doing that? <laughs> oh, did you see the, um, the JR cosplayer? Yeah. <laughs> and you just hear JR go, wait a minute. <laughs> That was the best. I'm like, whoever that guy was, shout out to you, because that was, like, pretty freaking cool. It was awesome. And shout out to the cameraman or whoever found him to put him on, on the screen. That was the best. I yeah. thought it was great. Neither and I'll also that. say that uh, uh, Tony Schiavone is probably the most useless person on any commentary team. <laughs> the amount of times he just agrees or says that's a good point, but that's all his input is, <laughs> is remarkable. It's like the whole night. <laughs> Like, I was waiting for him <laughs> to bring something to the table, and it was always like, well, what do you think? Oh, what that's a good point over there. That's worse than me. Oh, I hadn't even thought about that. Like, that's all he says. And you're like, no. what are you doing the here, only man? Time, 
you ever Aww. hear anything was he had said during the Suzuki match, oh, I had lunch with him one time, long time ago. Wow. And said, I didn't say a word. Okay. Weird. Okay. Great. Right. That's, that's okay. really strange. Thanks for sharing. We, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't much of a story. Yeah, no, it's bro. Okay, all right. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> weird to me. Giovanni's become so superfluous. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. He lives for those little interviews and saying, it's Sting. Which, which those interviews are good. He's good at that yeah. stuff. For the most yeah. part, when they let him do his thing. The amount of times yeah. that he walks out there to interview and someone just snaps the mic out of his hands and get the fuck out of here. Why mm-hmm. are we punking around Tony? Yeah. Um, but yeah, as him on commentary, he is so useless. It's funny. Like, He's I just laugh. I know people don't like Taz, but I love Taz on commentary. That's why I really like watching um, Dark. Oh, Dark. Because when it's him and um, Excalibur, it's just two of them. That, but that, those are hilarious because sometimes it's like, are these guys smoking something back there? Because these two are fucking hilarious. And there's points where, you know, you can tell they don't really care. And it's yeah. great. Like, drunk JR, I live for it. I love so, it. And I, <laughs> love it. And I tell you, Rampage, I cannot stand because Jericho, there's no reason why you should be yelling. yelling. No, mm-hmm. no he's reason. the worst on commentary. I hate the worst. Uh, MJF versus Sean Dean. Uh, look, this whole thing was about MJF and Wardlow to begin with. Mm-hmm. My favorite part of it is they really made Sean Spears look like a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like, he is such a little bitch now. Aww. He's just walking around stooging for MJF, and he can't even hurt somebody with a chair. I was like, man, what a fucking little noodled arm piece of shit. I love it. He's been booked Aww. into oblivion. I knew you were going to say that. I, knew I loved it. That was the best part. Like, dying. For like, weeks now, every time I see him, he's coming out being a bigger bitch, taking a bigger loss, just looking like terrible. And I'm like, this is pretty good use of him. <laughs> and if you're tuning in for the first time right now, uh, uh, he he does have some beef with with uh, yeah. Chairman. So yeah, fuck Sean Spears. or whatever they're calling him now. Yeah, the there's not a lot of there's not a lot. Yeah, he's still doing the chairman shit, but he's yeah. just bad with chairs. He's never hurt somebody <laughs> with a chair except for Cody the one. Maybe it's like he sets out the chairs for like the fans. Like maybe yeah, it's that's a... his job. That's how he got the job there. <laughs> now hey, chairman, we got to go set up the first ten rows. Oh, dude, really? <laughs> he stocks the chairs underneath the ring. Yeah, yeah. I've done my yeah. job. Yeah, each one of them should be signed by him in some corner or something. You guys said chairman was gonna be like. Badass. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Detail in the chat says more here. like chair boy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Tony's oh, booking Sean Spears the same way I would book Sean Spears if I had to. Oh. Well, let's give him a lot of losses, make him look weak. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe Tony's watching. He's, yeah. he's getting some booking from you. <laughs> Matter of fact, let's get someone to boss him around too and make him look like an idiot also. I want him to look stupid, weak, and bad at this. Can we do that? And then people are like, yeah, we'll do that. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, I will say, though, that as much as people are excited about the Wardlow MJF stuff and they keep saying every segment's perfect, it's fine, but it does feel like a lot less than what he was doing before, and I feel like it was a step down for MJF to be in a program with Wardlow now. That's and that's kind of my only thought on it. Was I'm like, it's weird that he's kind of mid carding now after this whole thing where every time MJF does something, they say, "Isn't that amazing? He's a main eventer anywhere." 
but he just keeps not fucking main eventing and he's staying in the mid card and CM Punk's moved on and now MJF's fighting with his fucking butler. I'm like, what's happening? Like, I feel like MJF's better than this. Hmm. You know yeah. it. And you know it. <laughs> yeah. But I don't well, know. Um, I, I'll, I'm ready to move on though, unless there's something in there you wanted to say was good. I just want to say that with Wardlow. Yeah. I mean, I, I, the jury's going to be out for me until he's actually doing more matches in the ring. That, yeah. Because yeah. I don't, I'm, I'm like, no, I don't, I'm not sold yet. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Me neither. And I guess the other part that gets me is that his matches have always been kind of like meh. And then now he's coming out and taking on 30 guys at a time and is invincible to pain and chairs. And you're like, I don't know where the <laughs> fuck this happened, but here, here we are. Well, the chairman's hitting him, you know. Yeah. Even an old lady <laughs> with a walker wouldn't feel any pain. But anyways. Yeah. Right. Uh, let's see. The trios match, I thought was a total mess and disaster. I also thought that their whole fucking thing with the airport was just dumb and bad and cartoonish. Like, why? Yeah. Like, this is stupid. I saw some people online laughing, saying it was hysterical, and they loved it. I was like, all right, you probably go back and rewatch Beavis and Butthead, too. That stuff's also great. They used to well. Like, hey, Tony, can we borrow your plane? <laughs> sure. Yeah, we're going to do a really bad skit and make Nine even... Nine minutes! Nine minutes! Why not, guys? Nine minutes! Yeah. Nine minutes! Uh, Groomper says, I just want Wardlow to move on from MJF already. I want them both to move on from each other already. Yeah! Like, this is going to go on until the next pay-per-view, huh? and we're going to be just having a fucking mid-card MJF for a while. How like, boring is Double or Nothing going to be? How boring. Yeah, I will take the some, nothing. Unless they do some other thing between now and then. Yeah. Emphasis on the nothing in Double or Nothing. Okay. What's going to come down. <laughs> okay. Uh, anything about Jericho Society, Triple Threat, or any of that that you even... No. But I, I mm. just as you're sick of seeing Wardlow MJF, also, again, you made Eddie look like a bitch again. Okay? Yeah. I'll say that. And I'm tired of this whole Santana and fucking, you know, and Ortiz, you know, and this Chris Jericho bullshit. Yes. And Hager and all that. It's stupid. Can't stand it. No? I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm bored. Give me something new. Yeah. Please. Absolutely. Uh, Marina Shafir and Sky Blue was surprisingly sloppy for people I think are better than that. Or something. Yeah, there but... had to be a miscommunication or something because I've seen them both wrestle matches I've liked. Yeah. And this was weird. I was like, what is Marina's that? so good, hmm. though. But yeah. I mean, I think with Sky Blue, there's still a lot of nerves because she's still really, really, she's really young. Yeah. So I think that there's still a lot of learning for her. Yeah. So that's where I think the sloppiness kind of comes in. But, mm-hmm. you know, and also, you know, Maria is not yet like a seasoned vet. So, um, you know, there's that. Yeah. But, but I did like that they did comment, Excalibur did comment today that. Josh Barnett is training her along yes. with Serena D. Yeah. So those are two amazing, cool. amazing people. Yeah. That gives you, you know, anyone, you know, it's like, well, I don't like Serena D. I'm like, look at some of the people that she trains and they're, they're pretty, they're pretty amazing. Yeah. Just name your favorite. Probably Serena Deeb's involved somewhere. Yep. Mm-hmm. Somewhere. 
Uh, and before we get to the final two matches, which were the, the actual the good parts of the show, <laughs> um, I did want to mention real quick, we had another Jamie Hayter, Tony Storm thing yeah. backstage. They look dressed the same, so I don't know if they just recorded a bunch back-to-back. Uh, Tony Storm didn't say a thing and was sort of bitched out, and I don't know why. Hmm. Like, she looked kind of dumb there. But the, yeah. my big takeaway is the only match that people were excited for, for the Owen Hart tournament, the only two people that people said, I can't wait for them to collide, was Jamie Hayter and Tony. Hmm. And then in this promo, they announced that because the fans wanted it, they're going to do that first. That will be the first qualifying match. And I was like, what the fuck? Put them on opposite sides of the bracket or on top bottom bracket and have them build to each other for semifinals or finals. Like, hmm. that's what people want to see. That's what they were fervent for. And you're just going to give it to them right away with like. Who uh, said it from the beginning? He is, uh, I mean, children are not patient, you know. For a dude who booked his first four champions for the first three years, he just, really goes, oh, you want to see that match? We'll do the match. Let's do the match right now. The match right now. Right? Like, we want to joke about WWE's uh, booking, like, to the last second or the amount of times, like, and that match will happen right now. Right. And they're like, what were they? Well, what was the plan if that's what's happening? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's the funny part about when they do it is you go, if that wasn't the booked match, right. what were you going to do for the next 20 minutes? Like, right. it's a live show. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I'll give them crap for that because it always makes me laugh and that match is now and you're like oh <laughs> but tony really does that <laughs> you want that match we'll do it right now we'll do it right now everybody go out and do the match people are like what like i think he's just shooting straight to the to the point on that one and i don't understand it at all i would make people wait weeks but for him to be like right away right uh, away I'm- put it in the middle somewhere you know what i mean like if you don't if you don't want them in the finals if you've got like hey i've got my last semifinals finals and and championship i've got those set and they're not there together we'll do it right before give it a couple matches and then go oh we're getting this now crazy like but to just say we'll start there the only thing i can think of unless they're leading to jamie versus Britt baker yeah which i'd rather be tony and her in the final yes but you know um Britt shouldn't be in it I think it was what like last week or two weeks ago when Tony did a short interview. She looked a little yeah. out of it, and I just I hope she's okay, just yes. in general. She's had a couple interviews now where she's looked really out of it and confused, and I I think that it's easy to suspect that someone for an interview maybe could have had a drink or so or something, or maybe been stoned, or maybe just be tired from all this stuff, like. I want yeah. to see more before I make the make the call that that seems bad, but it doesn't seem good yet. You know what I mean? Like sums sums up. And I'm not feeling all the promos they're doing were like just like Owen Hart. Yeah. Because of this, like Owen Hart was. I'm like, fuck. None of you guys knew Owen Hart. Like, fucking chill on that. But I saw Dark Side of the Ring, so I know. Yeah, I know now. <laughs> um, I know. You Amanda, I saw Dark Side of the Ring. Go ahead and talk about your Ricky Starks and Keith Lee match. I'll be right back. <sighs> Well, I was a little shocked, Tony Khan, usually. Why were you shocked? Well, usually when, you know, you have a hometown person, okay, and usually they come out last. Hmm. So I was a little surprised when all of a sudden you hear the powerhouse beginning of that song, and I'm like, what the fuck? Right? And I'm like, okay. And... They're 
And when Ricky came out, it was very, there's nothing, no pomp and circumstance. And I thought there was going to be something because they've been trying to go to New Orleans forever. I'm not saying bring him out on a float and throw beads at people. Not saying that, but it just was kind of like, eh, you know, whatever. Only hmm. thing I know was he has new gear. It's white. I'm not a fan of wrestlers wearing white. Hmm. Um, it looked like on him because the, the trunks were a little too big. Here's my butt talk for the day. <laughs> like he's wearing a diaper. It was saggy. And I'm like, oh my God. No. <laughs> so the person who's doing Ricky's gear, and I've said this before, and I'll even say it to the guy's face. You don't know how to fit his ass. You're either making too much material on certain parts, so this white trunk <laughs> looks like a diaper, or you're Aww. doing it tight and his cheeks are falling out. Now, the, it was very ill-fitting because we did see both. Uh, we saw his black Speedos underneath. So thank God you wore black Speedos and not something white because, yeah, that we don't need to see those kinds of things. Yeah. It's a children's show, I think. I don't know. But anyways. It is. It is. Back. Yeah. Mm. People from Mudhead people wouldn't understand that. But, I thought that um, too. And there even was a clip going around with uh, Moxley talking to the crowd uh, during a commercial break. We were talking about how much it means to people to come back to their home cities because you wrestled in birthday parties and gyms in front of 20 people and at high school. Never you know. And he in... talked about all that stuff. And yeah. then they bring out Danhausen and they had this comedy skit with Danhausen, which was ridiculous. But because of that, you'd think that they would have maybe understood the concept of like the importance that it was going to be for Ricky to show up there. And they really kind of like swept him under the rug there and made yeah, him look less just... than the other two guys. Yeah, and my thing was when that happened at first, I was like, okay, this is a little weird, okay? I'm like, okay, well, well let's, let's, let's see what happens, right? So, but, you know, and then, you know, Swerve and Keith Lee came out. Now, I will say this. Swerve has, so, uh, and I really, I don't think I ever saw this on NXT at all when I was starting to watch it. He oozes more charisma than probably half that fucking roster, which is one no. name. You didn't no. see that. I don't think, I feel like I didn't see that at NXT. And I feel that that whole audience and Vince and everybody did not get to see that kind of person. And that's really kind of the person that was on the Indies that you would see. But yeah. now it's at, when it was at like, you know, 15 now it's at like a thousand but it's yeah. still the same dude and he had command of that crowd because for them to do the whose house swerves house really fucking loud that was the loudest cheer of the evening i think no yeah. and your oh yeah. and your homeboy who's that's his home is hardly getting anything i mean he got decent pop when he came out but this it was really disappointing I mean, he got yeah. more that first time he wrestled in Austin when he won the FTW belt than either the second time they went to Austin and then this time in New Orleans. And I just was like, oh, that kind of took me out of it a little bit. Um, Keith Lee, I will say this is one of the matches he has so far not looked really winded or like he's dying, mm -hmm. which was good. Um, but 
this match, I'm going to say this. I really think that these four gentlemen, this for me, and I'm not saying it because I like Ricky. I'm not, I'm not, you know, whatever. I know I'm biased. I have a shirt on, you know, whatever. But I think this was like probably one of his best matches that he's had at AEW. Hmm. Because, you know, it, it just, the chemistry he had with Keith Lee and the chemistry he had with, with Swerve. I mean, this is, I don't know about you, Marsh, because you've seen it, but I'm like, this was probably just as good as the one where it was him and Swerve, that half an hour one. Hmm. Yeah, I I thought Ricky showed a lot of character in this. He did. He did. I mean, I think the two who really had a lot of character, him and Swerve, both did, which was great. But with Ricky, it was... And people really don't do this as much um, anymore. But it was very over the top. But it wasn't over the top in the sense that it was bothersome. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it took away from everything. I think yeah. it just kind of added to it, which you know, which is cool. Now I, I do like the fact that they made you know Hobbs not look so much of, of like a powerhouse when it comes to Keith Lee. Yeah, that I thought was pretty cool. That how they're working that. Um, angle. I'm pretty sure when you watch that match, I don't know about you, but me, it was like, I don't think Tony had anything to do with this. This was just, mm-hmm. you guys are all going to fight. Because yeah. there's no way. It's too sophisticated for Tony Khan's mind. Yeah. At me on that one. I'll even yeah. say it to your face, Tony Khan. Too sophisticated. Because yeah. just the technical ability and how you see these really huge dudes fucking just fling around it's like holy shit and the one standout was that move that swerve did off of keith lee's chest and i don't think that was planned at all because i think it shocked keith lee was when swerve mm. basically used keith lee like a springboard yeah and went you know over the rope and you know onto uh ricky and hobbs i mean that i was like holy crap I mean, that was incredible. There were some moves that Ricky had. I think one of them was that weird, um, were they on the, I think they were on the turnbuckle when he did that weird thing and he just basically like changed, you know, changed the whole momentum of the, the move that like he not, like it was great. I mean, I, I, I loved it. Not because of who, what I did not love. This is Ricky's hometown and you gave yeah. it to fucking Hobbs the pin i mean and and pinning keith lee on top of yes. that yeah and it was a uh, they even made mention it was keith lee's uh second match on dynamite the only one other one he had on dynamite was his debut yeah they said his That's first sense of the debut which made me think that he de- debuted on dynamite not rampage but did he actually debut on rampage um i think he debuted on rampage yeah, he did. So I think this was his first match on Dynamite, their highest rated show, and Keith Lee eats a pin. Yeah. Swerve debuted on Dynamite. That he did do. He debuted but, on the pay-per-view. But his first match with Dynamite, you're right. Yeah, his first match match. Yeah, because yeah, you can't rely. Oh, I don't count that one. But to have Hobbs win and pin Keith Lee in Ricky's hometown, that kind of pissed me off. Because I'm like, wait a minute, you know, 
shouldn't you, I mean, because almost everybody who's been in their hometown has won. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, I think you're rubbing your mic or something, Amanda. Me? Yeah. Yep. Oh, now. sorry. Could have been my nails against the oh. thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all heated. Rare. Um, but I was shocked. And I'm like, yeah. really? So, Tony, if you ever come to, like, San Francisco, Oakland, and, you know, and hobs and skirts are still a thing, you know, let Ricky have the pin? In the bay? No, probably not. Because you know how many people will freaking, they'll riot over there. They will riot, be all what the, you know? I feel bad. I feel like Ricky's still like clawing to be seen, and everyone else in this program is not. You know what I mean? Like when you look at the match card, it's like one of these things is not like the others. You know what I mean? Ricky's not being portrayed as a star. He's trying to force the fact that he's a star. Yeah, he's trying to make himself a star. And that's the problem is that he, you know, I always address it to this. All of the four, all three of them are in the beginning of every show. You know, the little entrance, the video yeah. montage or whatever the fuck they call it. Um, they're all in it. Swerve, they're all in all of them. Swerve, Keith Lee, Hobbs. Is Ricky in any of them? No. How can you say that Rampage is your show when you're not even in the, the, the damn opening sequence? You know, it, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. And I think that that he's going to be the casualty of, you know, you don't treat him like a star. Everyone says, oh, this guy's going to do big things. No, Tony's like preventing that. Yeah. And I think that it's kind of like when um, I've seen certain people who have gone to that, you know, to AEW and it's changed them. And it's like, that's one reason why I really did not want, I was hoping Ricky did not go to AEW is because he's going to get buried and they're not going to know what to do with him. And, you know, I mean, you can't, especially when you look at AEW now, it's like, Back when, you know, at first the promise of AEW was there, you yeah. would think, oh, yeah, I can I can make myself a star. Yeah. No, no. He's now taking people who were stars or people he thinks might have it. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's not working for him. And I did notice one other thing, too, hmm. that I was perplexed by. How come the new black ref, I don't know his name, I'm sorry, don't mean to be racist, but he only refs, usually, nine times out of ten, people who are black wrestlers. I noticed that, because recently every single match that either Swerve or Keith Lee or Starks and Hobbs had, he was the ref. That's weird. Yeah. Ah, Come on, Tony Khan, don't do that. Yeah. But at least it wasn't Aubrey. Yeah, that's true. I don't remember seeing her this night. No, she was there. All right, well, I blocked her she out. She was there. But sometimes it's not all about her. So I realize that. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was a cool match. Those guys doing their thing, their story's going all right. Um, 
Yeah, but I agree with a lot of that that criticism. Uh, brought us to the main event: Samoa Joe versus Minoru Suzuki. I think they've learned their lesson. You do not cut off murdered grandpa's entrance. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we talked about it before. The Suzuki matches that we had with Daniel Bryan and around Mox were really not good, and it was surprising and weird. Uh, Samoa Joe, we've talked about it. He's been a little hit and miss the last number of times we've seen him in the ring. So I was a little concerned going into it. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to get. I think both of these guys are capable of putting on the greatest matches. But they're also in a part of their careers where they're capable of of not getting it done. If I'm being honest. Uh, I think this match absolutely delivered and was exactly what Suzuki should have done from the beginning with AEW. You know? Absolutely. Uh, I'll uh, I'll do. I know Justin Time's not in our chat right now, but I do think he catches up on us from time to time. But uh, he had asked online. He goes, "What was the point of having Suzuki win the title? That as much as he liked the match, he didn't understand why he <laughs> put the ROH TV Championship on Suzuki just to have him drop it a couple days later on Dynamite. Who, who was it on before? Uh, an ROH guy. Well, I forget the name of him." Started with a T, I think. Oh, Rhett Titus. Yeah. Yeah, he had it first. And so, what? Well, I think it's because, and this is is the, I think, this might answer your question. I don't know if Marsh thinks it this way too, but a lot of that Ring of Honor um, grouping is obviously Tony's going to keep some. He's not going to keep them all. So this was his way of being able to control these belts. So he decides who he's going to keep and who he's not going to keep. Now, with Suzuki, the reason why I think it was him, and he's the chosen one, is because that's a name that people are going to pretty much buy the pay-per-view to see. Because it's Suzuki. You know? So I think that that's was kind of the plan is let's you know use Suzuki as this like transitional thing I want the views and then you know what hey it, we're gonna put these on we're putting them on our on our people Suzuki technically is on our people so you know what would be greater than giving it to Samoa Joe because I right. don't I can't remember if that TV title was around when Joe was still there. He was. They did say Joe a couple times was the longest reigning ROH TV champion. Uh, but producer lady brought up a really good point when we were watching it too, is she suspected that Samoa Joe wanted to face Suzuki while Suzuki was in America again. And so mm-hmm. I think it was a combination of those things. Like you said, mm-hmm. get the title off of the ROH guy because I don't want it on ROH guys. I want all the titles on AEW guys. So they moving... He knows he wants to give that title. Tony knows he wants to give that title to Samoa Joe. But he also knows Joe's debuting that same night. So we can't put it on Joe. Joe potentially said, I want to face Suzuki. Because I was looking it up. I can't find a time that they ever wrestled before. Mm-mm. Which I'm kind of shocked by. I figure at some point they could have crossed paths and they just haven't. 
But no. I'm sure that Suzuki's watching, or not Suzuki, I'm sure Joe's watching all these Suzuki matches happen while he's backstage doing other stuff in NXT. He gets free and he goes, Suzuki's back in America, and I want that match. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be shocked if he's like, yes, Tony, I want all these things. That sounds good. I want to face Suzuki. And Tony goes, I've got an answer. Put it on on Suzuki because, A, he's never won an, an American championship. So now Suzuki's got that on his belt, and Tony can pat himself on the back and say he's the one who did that. It's all about Tony's ego anyways. Mm-hmm. And now you've got the title on Suzuki. It's off of the ROH guys. And now Samoa Joe can have his match with Suzuki and get the TV title back into AEW, and they both get to have that match. You know, It's mm-hmm. really it's really an all-win situation, but I think it's exactly what it was. I think you nailed it. I think Producer Lady nailed it, and I was just sitting back uh, agreeing, you know. But I hate that Tony's so transparent like that. Oh, yeah. You shouldn't... I mean, part of the, for me, the... How a fan would book. That's how I know what he's going to do, because I would do the same (laughs) shit, because I'm not smart. Oh, I wouldn't have done the same shit, but that's just me. Yeah. I would have already booked Cabana. I would have won the Supercard of Honor. I would have booked Cabana versus fucking Punk. But, you know, whatever. Sorry, I'm smart. Yeah, that's what I'm but, saying. You know. mm-hmm. That's inevitable. It is. But the match itself, I thought was... I th- I did think that the chops in the beginning went a little long. Mm-hmm. It was brutal. It was, it was brutal. It but was I think it was like seven minutes of chops before a secondary maneuver came in. I was going to say, it had to have been at least. I thought it was more like ten, it felt like. It was a while, and you could even see the palm. Our, our TV is not calibrated right, so sometimes the blacks are not quite as black mm-hmm. uh, as far as, like, shades of black goes. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes, like, especially if there's a blue light around it, you see, like, this almost kind of weird glare thing that I got to fix. I just got to mm-hmm. calibrate it. But the other thing that's calibrated wrong is the reds. The reds that come through come through a little bit redder. Mm-hmm. So if something's, like, kind of red, it's a bright red. Mm-hmm. You could see the palm of Suzuki's hand looked bright red. It looked somber. I thought he had blood on his hand. At one of the camera shots, his hand was swinging through, and I was like, holy shit, is someone bleeding? And I realized his hand was red from slapping Joe so many times. I was like, yeah. good lord. And they're, right away, both of them were, like, beat red. Like, yeah. within the first, like, maybe five chops, maybe? Yeah, maybe a couple of lobsters four. right away. Totally. And I was just like, holy god, like... I mean, and Suzuki a couple of days earlier in San Francisco when he faced Speedball. That yeah. was brutal, a lot of brutal chops in that, too. And I was like, ah, Oh, yeah. Well, I think Suzuki's got some of the best chop spots. I just think it w- could have been a couple minutes less of chops before a secondary move. Because that's just it. It's like by the time they did it, I was over it. And then they moved on, which was nice. But if you don't do like seven to ten minutes of straight chops, then you can do more chops later on in the match. And then. Still has it, you know what I mean? But, but I mean, but, what the fuck do I know? It was awesome, and it was brutal, you like know, you said. That's the mentality of their fan base: is these guys Beavis and Butthead and give me chops. Yes. Let me have. I want that scarring. I want that. You know, the yeah. blood coming up, the blood. You know, vessels popping. You know, whatever. Because yeah. that's what they want. Yeah, they want childhood, childless shit, or they want that. There's no. Yeah, it is kind of interesting how much the uh, like indie audience loves chops in general. Like, you probably could have given them a whole match of just chops, and they probably would have been like, "This is great." But- I was 
surprised it wasn't a bit longer, to be honest. Yeah, the, the match, match itself was... was the match. The match. I feel like the match went, like... I think it felt short because so much of the match was chops before they really got moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I want to say the match was, like, somewhere between 10 and 15 minutes. And the chops lasted, like, 7 to 8 minutes. So we only had, like, 5 minutes after the chops of match. What time did it officially end? Because Meltzer was making this, oh, set your thing, your DVR for an extra half an hour. We're going over. Did oh, it ended on time. I had plenty of time. It ended with like 10 minutes left in the show or some shit. Because they still had to do all the other stuff with um, with the new, their new NBA player. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 They had plenty of time for all that, so it didn't it didn't run forever. It just I think Melter was saying that because it also felt like the match hadn't started for the first seven minutes. It was all chops. Like you, you're expecting more, you know. <laughs> so yeah, I yeah. When you chop for seven minutes, you go, oh, this match is going to go long if they're using this much time on just chops. And they're like, no, no, we got five more minutes in this. We're just going to wrap it up. No. <laughs> and it was still good. It was still great. Like I loved it. This is exactly what I wanted. From Suzuki, the first time I heard he was coming to AEW, mm-hmm. I was like, this is going to be it. And then I ended up getting what we got, and then I was so disappointed. I felt I felt scared that I had two, I had tickets to go see two matches from him, and I was like, it's going to be terrible. And that's when Clump made me watch Thatcher and, and Suzuki, which we did a watch-along to, a little drink-along, which is in our archives, episode one, if you want to look it up. Uh, and, uh, it, it, I realized that that match had only happened to like a year prior, and I was like, "Oh wait, this is going to be amazing!" Like, <laughs> it was great. It was him and, and uh, Dickinson. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, this is what I wanted out of them. This is what I wanted from Samoa Joe. They both looked like absolute maniacs, and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and if my if the thing I sent you ever shows up, there's that Suzuki drawing in there for you, mm-hmm. so you could hopefully. Well- Oh, no, Saturday. But I, either way, I can't wait to get it because I'm going to find it. And I need well, it, has a, it has a spot for you to try to get him to sign it. Are you meeting him tomorrow? Mm-hmm. But I don't have time to go to my appeal box. Make your mom go. <laughs> Dude, I don't want her driving my car. <laughs> Better. No. She lost her driving privileges years ago when she first had her heart failure. So. Well, I'll do it. Nope. Nope. Um, but yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought it was awesome. And then they debuted this giant former NBA player who was uh, slow and awkward and was beating up Samoa Joe with the phoniest shit we'd seen all night. And mm-hmm. they tried to make a big deal of it. And all I thought was, oh, I wonder if they're going to India soon. <laughs> Ask Sanjay Dutt. He was the one who um, brought Impact there. Yeah. He's the one who did the WWE shit. He's the one who produced his own TV show, kind of, with Indian TV over there. And... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what the name of that was, but it had the Bollywood Boys on it and stuff before they came to WWE. Yeah, the Bollywood Boys was going to say. Oh, speaking of boys, um, because this Saturday is a, I don't know, it was a Battle of Belts or whatever. Yes. Anyway, Dalton Castle's wrestling, and I noticed behind him, it's the original boys, so it's the Tate brothers. Oh, I'm a cool. little excited about that because the Tate brothers, I think, are great wrestlers. 
um, or the Take Twins, sorry. Um, but there's just something about them as Dalton's boys that no matter what, I mean, I've seen other people replace them. I mean, there was a time when I saw like Kyle O'Reilly and I want to say Adam Cole and somebody else who were his boys at PWG. Mm-hmm. And, um, but that that's going to be kind of special. And I don't think anyone really else had noticed it. But then again, I haven't really been on social media this week because it's been a week of hell. So yeah, I'm, I'm not 100% sure. But yeah. I will say that um, that was all good. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I don't like Dalton Castle, and I personally think that I know that's one guy Tony really wants, but I'm like, his back is so shot. Mm. No, it's better not to. Just no. No, if you want to bring back an ROH person, that's not one to bring back. I feel like for months now, Mm -hmm. AEW, each show they put on is like a one or two segment show. There's like one match I like and maybe one segment I like and then the rest of it I could do without. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But this time there were two matches that were good. This was two matches, yeah. But there was yeah. like no segments. No. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? Like there were no segments that I dug. It was just those two matches. Yeah. Where sometimes it's like I like a match and then a segment and then the rest is like, oh, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I feel weird. I feel also, I saw someone say this online and I don't think that I am qualified to agree or disagree, but someone says that they have felt a shift in the presentation of AEW since Cody left and that they feel like that it's a little off, that something about the energy of the show has changed since Cody left. Mm-hmm. You agree to that? I totally agree with that. Absolutely. You think- in a positive or negative way? Not in a positive way. It's leaning more toward negative than positive, I think. Because I, it's almost like there's an old saying that they tried to put 10 pounds of shit in a five-pound bag. Yeah. That's what this feels like right now. It doesn't feel very balanced. It mm. just like, oh, let's throw all this shit in here and then, woo, okay. You know, and that's kind of the sense I've been getting because that's the way Tony really kind of books things is whatever. Where I think Cody kind of was telling him, you know, you gotta you gotta ease into some of this, you know. You don't have to give everybody the farm and show all the goods at once, you know? Yeah. It's like strippers, you know, you don't pay for them to go all of a sudden, okay, boom, hi, done. Yeah. You know, you got to, there's a little... There's got to be the tease. Which also makes sense when I think about a couple of post-Cody interviews that I saw between Tony Khan and Cody, where Cody was talking about things he was excited for, people he was hoping to wrestle, and he kept saying, I wouldn't do it now, and he would say things like, "Um, I think it'd be good to wait, but you know what I mean? Like, he was making a lot of comments about, like, what he really wanted to do and see, but that he wanted it to play out a specific way. He wasn't in any hurry to see any of these guys anytime soon kind of a deal. Yeah. Where Tony was saying in some of his interviews that he tries to react as quickly as he can to fan reaction. And he also said that there was a while where he was taking uh, a lot of advice 
that he didn't always feel would be the best. And he said that sometimes the things worked out and sometimes they didn't. And he goes, at this point, I'm just going to do what I want to do when I want to do it. Like, it does sound like that maybe Cody was telling him, trying to rein him in from time to time. Like, hey, don't do this. Oh, here's why we shouldn't do that. Yeah. And Tony's like, I don't know. I feel like I should. And then if it didn't work out, it'd see I was right. And if it did work out, it was probably would have worked out if I did it my way anyways. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I, I'm getting the impression that now there's no one to tell Tony at all, hey, maybe it would be better to do it the other way. Yeah. Everyone's just saying, yeah, Tony, whatever you do is perfect. Booker of the year, mm-hmm. right? So it does yeah. feel a little more discombobulated. It doesn't feel as yeah. as balanced. Yeah. They've got a lot of yes men. Because yeah. no one wants to tell him no. It's a cash cow. Yeah, and they don't want to see the wrath of, of you know, Tony Khan. They want to see Rear's ugly head. The wrath of Khan. That's funny. The wrath of Khan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Interesting things to think about overall. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I do feel like that there's a difference in pace of the shows. Yeah. And I guess Tony said somewhere that, oh, watch this dynamite. It's going to be a lot more matches and a lot less talking. Like he was talking about reformatting the show to have less talking segments and keeping interviews shorter and stuff. And I don't know, but well, hey, the end of the show is cool. Yeah. But if you're giving garbage matches though, you know, let's, yeah. let's, I'd yeah. rather have people talking than, see some garbage match because then that mm-hmm. means well both of them would probably mean depending on who's talking yeah that, oh yeah bath and break bath and break yeah but you know yeah, it's tough it's really really tough and you know so i don't know oh, but it, you know it's tony's world and we just kind of are there yeah you know uh, yeah let's talk nxt I do want yeah. to go through a few things on here. Um, I don't know how much you were able to catch. It didn't sound like you were able to catch a ton. Um, um, I saw almost the first half of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did find it interesting. And I guess for whatever reasons they would be, it would basically be obvious. But the whole time they were talking about the NXT Tag Championships and the Gauntlet match to crown a new one, they never made mention of Wesley, Nash, Nash Carter, or MSK. They never said who they were. They just said, oh, the vacant titles, we're moving on. Like, it was a little weird. Mm-hmm. The day before or the day of, I don't remember which, Cora Jade posted a little picture of herself in her, like, Instagram stories where she was doing the M and she was wearing an MSK shirt, and I thought that was cool. Yeah. Uh, and to be honest, by the time we got to it, the, the gauntlet match, I don't really care for it. It was, yeah. was what it was. I think putting it on Pretty Deadly is kind of cool because they're NXT UK guys. Um, their gimmick confuses me. It. I know that producer has told me that she believes that they're dressed like figure skaters. I think they're dressed kind of like women, and I can't tell if they're being like pro-transgender or shockingly weird. You know what I mean? Like I just yeah. or not transgender, but transvestite because they're obviously two two separate things. Um, but I can't tell if they're like. What the I can't tell the point, or or what's going on with it, and they've never addressed it. Mm-hmm. They just say that they're pretty, and so when I hear that, yeah. I go, so maybe they are dressed like women, but then they don't ever bring up the fact that they're like transvestites or something, which doesn't inherently bother me. But without context, I don't know if that's what they're doing or not, and I can't tell if they're mocking it or not. So I yeah. don't know if I'm supposed to boo or cheer them, right? Because 
if they're doing it because they, you know what I mean? Like there's context there that would make me either boo or cheer you, and I don't know which one you're doing. I don't know what you're presenting to me. Yeah, it, it, it's a little strange because for me, I, I'm like, okay, I, I don't, I'm like, I'm confused. Yeah. But, um, but you they're know, good wrestlers. Yeah, I'm not saying they're not, but I mean, no. it's kind of weird. And I mean, I know, you know, I get it. People sometimes have a weird, you know, gimmick or whatnot. But this was just kind of, I'm like, yeah. I don't. I but don't at least let it. me know what it is so I can yeah, judge I, it. Yeah, I, mean, I don't like, get it. Yeah, I have no idea what your presentation is, realistically. Yeah, and it's kind of like, okay, well, um, were there other people that I would have loved to have the belts? Yeah, that would have made sense. But, you know. For what it's worth, I don't get the impression they're going to hold it for an incredibly long time. I think that they are obnoxious champs that are going to get knocked off their pedestal. Yeah. Uh, Grooming does say, Pretty Deadly reminds me of Tyler Breeze, Prince Pretty, Prince, Prince Pretty, uh, just two Metro guys. Kind of. Uh, he goes, they're obsessed with their looks. Yeah, I get that part too. Hmm. But their clothes look like women's clothing to me. Even the way it fits them. They don't. They don't even fit them like male male clothes. Like that's what I'm confused by. And they don't. If they're supposed to be like figure skaters, I don't get it. Yeah. Huh. It's just. I mean, I don't know. It just feels like a step in a weird spot. I just don't know what it what it is. But no. either way, it did open up with Samoa. You're not Samoa Joe. Uh, with Solo Sokoa and Cameron Grimes in the U.S. Not U.S. North American title shot. Mm-hmm. I, these two dudes worked really well together. I love Solo. Yeah, I do too. And we all well, know I like Cameron Grimes too. But yeah. those guys, I was very, very drawn into that match. I was yeah. Like, it was amazing. Yeah, and Yeah. And I think that both of them have very, very bright futures. And it's like, why are you guys going to be down here for a while? Yeah. You know, I mean, but again, you know, I think that um, once they do go up, it's gonna be pretty. It's gonna be pretty great because those two guys are really solid, and I also like the fact that um, with Cameron Grimes, he's really kind of toning up and getting into that shape of this is a dude that's on the main roster. You know what yes. I mean? Yeah. Yeah, he's putting so, on muscle. Yeah, uh, putting on more muscle, leaner. My concern is I think Solo has to stop losing so much. Yeah. He's what? losing a lot of matches at this point, and he needs to start picking up wins. Because his whole gimmick is he's a street fighter, street champion, tough motherfucker. Even Wade was like, I wouldn't trade blows with a guy like Solo. And, then and I love Solo. Mm-hmm. And even I'm looking at it going like, I don't know, maybe I would trade blows with him. Because they don't help him win matches. Like, You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Um. Grimmery brings up, glad to hear the Oos and Bloodline are canon now for Solo. Yeah, Solo said a lot of champions, a lot of gold runs deep in my Bloodline, and he held up the one, you know what I mean, which is cool. I'm glad that they're doing that. Uh, even uh, uh, Cameron Grimes said, your Bloodline can kiss my grits. Like, they were using the term Bloodline a couple times, which is good. So I'm hoping what this means is I'm actually hoping that he moves on, that he took this loss, and they just send him on up with the Bloodline. Uh, on Monday Night Raw, we have uh, wait, what day is it? Today is Friday or Thursday. It's coming. So, I think SmackDown or this coming up Raw, the Usos are going to face RK Bro with the intention of unifying the tag titles. Oh, 
I believe that match, the Usos will drop the titles and create an issue within the bloodline. It could be that one of their answers to this issue is bringing in Solo, which could be cool and I'd be happy with because I think that I'm ready to stop seeing Solo lose and start seeing him on a bigger platform anyways. Mm-hmm. I just think that it's starting to hurt his character, having so many losses. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because it's not like he's sitting there making <clears throat> people look good. Because that's, you know, at least that match, no. So it's just more of a, are we just getting him that TV experience to get him used to it? Because he, he, we're going to push you to yeah. go that We don't direction. need you to look super strong here because we're not going to use you very long. And we'd like to mm-hmm. make other people look strong on your back. Yeah. And we'll be moving you all along anyway, so it's not gonna be it's not gonna what's not it's not gonna matter. Exactly. <clears throat> kind of like Braun Breaker. I think with Braun it's more of they put him down here, see what he can do. And he's done phenomenal. And you know, it's like you quickly outgrew what yeah. is going on down there. And you're running circles around people and I think uh so Sako is the same way too. I think that um it's like him, LA Knight, you know, Cameron Grimes, I mean, you know, Legato, the whole fashion. Well, not the girl, but <coughs> all of them. Yeah. I think it, you know, yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. And it's I'm surprised. Yeah, and I'm surprised, too, because it's been after Mania for a while that we haven't seen any releases. It's true. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they just didn't need to because they did so many releases during the year. That it didn't come up as a as an issue. No, I mean I still think that there's probably some that they can kind of do because they've got so much potential that's right now you know in the ranks. And just think like when Mandy Rose goes back. Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ! I mean, look at but what they've she's signed doing. a few groups too. I, like what I'm saying is they used to only do releases once a year after Mania. Yeah. And I wonder if they're just in the habit now of like, hey, once a quarter we're doing releases anyways. Yeah. We don't need to yeah. do this big after Mania ones. Yeah. Could be. Yeah, I wonder if we see a change in tradition, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. But I love the match. I love both these guys. I need Solo to be winning. I just need him to win. Yeah. Uh, and there wasn't a ton on this show either that I was like super, super into. The, the indie... And Persia stuff really pulled me out. Uh, like, oh, that's really got to stop. Uh, Wagner and Ikemen, Jiro, I just did not care about at all. Um, the Joe Gacy stuff, I like his promos. I think he's doing awesome you know, with the promos. Joe Gacy cut some of, some really amazing promos. At first, I was kind of like, what the hell is this gimmick? I don't, I'm not a yeah. fan, but... As I see more and more, I'm really actually like, God, dude, you're you're pretty fucking good. And I kind of He's, I'm really enjoying that. Like I enjoy when they actually have one of his promos now, which is yeah. kinda cool. He's coming off more and more evil and conniving. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's gotten a little on the nose with him kidnapping uh Rick Steiner. Yeah. Uh, stealing his his Hall of Fame ring and throwing it in a fire. It's a little yeah. little hard to mask that you're a sociopath at that point. Yeah. But he's really leaning into it in a really awesome way. And to see him yeah. kind of go that direction 
it's been like a slow progression, but it's been a definite progression. Yeah. And every time he wrestles, he looks impressive out there. Like, I think what they're doing with him is awesome. Yeah. And I, I'm glad that they're doing it kind of in a slow progression instead of just, bam, in your face. I'm this, you know, bizarre sociopath and all this bull. So I really like having that slower transition and really kind of figuring out, okay, mm-hmm. what's kind of, like, kind of seeing kind of what's in his mind, you know? Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think Long-term storytelling. That's why I probably like it. <laughs> no, that's true, because you're not getting it all at once. Yeah. Uh, Nikita Lyons, kind of same thing. Every time she's cutting a promo in the back, I think she's coming off better and more confident. I do think that... I mean, she's never not come off confident, but it's always been like video packages. We haven't seen her doing a ton of promos live. Yeah. Which could be to her benefit. Uh, but I think that, yeah, there's a lot there. As she was cutting her promo, she got booted in the face by Lash Legend. Which is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't understand uh, the point of Lash Legend, but that's just me. I think it's getting better based purely off the fact that we're doing less of the lashing out talk shows. So I think that Lash Legend, who's like size, sizable, she's tall and big and buff. Her match with Nikita last week was not bad at all. Like, I think there's a lot of potential there. I just really didn't like those talk show segments. I thought they were dumb and weird, but I also don't like talk shows that are like that in general. So maybe it's just, maybe some people liked it because, right? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's take us over to Mandy's Rose versus Dakota Kai. Did you get a chance to catch this? Mm-hmm. I did. I got most oh, of it. Um, yeah, you know, I love Dakota Kai. I really do. I love me. I this yeah. one, you know, I kind of, in a way, I'm like, I I enjoy seeing these kinds of things. I probably maybe wouldn't have placed it like right in the middle yeah. of the shows because um, I think it does disservice to the ladies, but mm. that's just me. Um, but That's true. To be again, honest, between that match and the Cora J segment, I would have ended the show on one of those. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I would have let the match be the end of the match, matches of the night. I would have started with the gauntlet match. I would have booked this reverse, I think. Yeah, I wouldn't have put that Cameron Grimes match because it's almost like, woohoo, we're on a high. And then this match, women's one, kept that plateau. And then, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I would have probably started with the, like in hindsight, put the gauntlet match first, mm-hmm. follow it up with uh, the Indy Hartwell stuff because you guys got to get that out of the way. Yeah. Then do Cameron and, and Solo so that way you're back into the show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I would do all those talk show things that we were talking about, the Gacy, Brown Breaker, mm-hmm. maybe throw in the Von Wagner match there, and then done the the women's title match, and then had Cora Jade cut a promo after the fact and let that be the end of it. Yeah. But see, oh, you also had Zion, Quinn, and Draco. That could have happened before then, too. That was okay. Yeah. But I'll tell you, I think that um, this is the weirdness of 2.0. Yes. Because I've noticed that as slowly, you know, as like the last couple of weeks. I mean, this again, it was, you know, there were some good things, but most of it, and like, eh, you know, yeah. whatever. Um, but I did notice that since it's been 2.0, 
some of the way the card is laid out is just doesn't make sense it's and weird. it's like and you're gonna lose people like at yeah. that almost that halfway mark yes so, because the things that are good are really good and the things that are bad are really bad they're really bad and it drags everything down so it's like yeah. okay this is two hours and i'm like well i got already got the best hour in so let me you know move on and that's yeah. kind of sad because you want to build that I guess yeah. I don't know. I don't know anything about ratings or whatnot, but you know, I would think that you know you need to have something in the middle that keeps people interested. Because at the beginning, most nine times out of ten, people are probably going to miss most of it because they're coming in late. But everything else, you know, pretty much people are going to see. So that's my theory. But. Yeah, I mean, and on that same note, the was it Raj from Wrestling Inc. put out the a little ratings analysis of AEW that's this morning, yeah. and one of the things he mentioned was that the highest rated uh, segment of Dynamite was the opening match, and the lowest was the closing match. And like we just went on a long time talking about how much the most exciting thing was was the closing match, but there was so much done throughout the show that it just it starts off and then just tapers out, you know, like. Yeah. I, that's what I mean. Anytime there's a segment with the with the indie Dexter stuff, the next segment for me suffers because I'm just it, it's going to take a lot more to get me back into it. Yeah, you know, I get so like uninvested. I'm all of a sudden like done, done. Yeah. But to go back a little bit, Mandy Rose, Dakota Kai, I thought did an awesome job. I think they killed it. Yeah. The aftermatch. Oh, and I agree with you. Dakota Kai is so good. Yes, she's, she's so good. Uh, Wendy Chu comes out and hits them with the squirt guns, toxic attraction. Mm-hmm. And as much as I liked that, I hate when wrestlers sell squirt guns. Like when they start taking bumps from the water, that bothers me. So I didn't like how <laughs> Gigi was like flat backing from water gun. JC or like JC did uh did some sort of like roll fall and then Gigi tries to get back up but then falls over because she gets hit by a squirt gun again and I'm like you're selling it like it's you got hit with a fire hose yeah like a fire hose and it's a squirt gun like I didn't like it when uh, Miz and Morrison were hitting the squirt guns and some people would sell it I preferred it with the guys who would get like with it and they'd be like what they would like wipe their eyes and look at them like you're an idiot Yeah, make them mad or something but like uh, like when the New Day came out with their squirt guns and squirted Miz and Morrison and they were flipping all over themselves and bouncing around. I hated that shit. So this is, um, I just didn't like the bouncing around because of the water bottles, but I also felt that the squirt guns fit the Wendy Chu gimmick and it would make sense and she's a menace and all of it was good except for the falls, you know? And I know they're just trying to do the best they can with with what they're meant to do and all that. And I don't think that they did it. They didn't do it bad. It's just that stuff always annoys me and I keep seeing it in wrestling. Someone gets it why something it doesn't. Like in um, in AEW when, when they were doing the Orange Cassidy thing and the orange juice hit them and they all fell and then they would get up and fall again and they were like, oh God, like selling that. I, I don't like seeing big wrestlers sell liquid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you won't sell a chair to the back, but a squirt gun's going to throw you off your face. You know what I mean? Like that. That's so stupid. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, that's what I hate about it. It's like, but I liked the people involved in all that. 
Mm-hmm. And I thought it was perfect for Wendy Chu to do. Oh no, it's that's totally in her her character's nature. Oh yeah, which I I like. I don't know. It was it was very over the top with like Gigi. I was like, well, uh, yeah. I'm like, calm down. <laughs> I would rather you get hit in the face, especially if we're gonna go like, hey, how would you sell water? I'd rather you get hit in the face and like, especially a woman with a bunch of makeup. Yeah. Grab your face and smear your own makeup, and then like scream about it. Ah. You know, like, because the heart, half of their gimmick is attraction, right? We're attractive. You're ruining my makeup. Like, yeah. if you sit there and, like, threw a temper tantrum because mm-hmm. you're getting squirted in the face, I'd rather that than see you actually fall back. Because water hits you. Yeah, That's if it was, like, acid or something, yeah, or bleach, yes. yeah, I get it. But it's water. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. sell water guns more than they would sell Asuka's mist. You know what I mean? Like, fucking... Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, but uh, I think you missed. I think one of the best misting opportunities, I think, was when Julia Hart got the 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 mist from Malachi Black. I think mm-hmm. that's a good way to uh, solve that. You know, I know you don't watch NXT UK, but today on NXT UK, Isla Dawn, who is kind of like this uh, redhead witch. She's always got witchy things, and she'll put up, like, tarot cards and stuff, and she's got these weird, creepy vignettes and stuff. She stole Mako's uh, title. And so she, like, comes out, and she, like, gives it back to Maiko, and she says she's going to take it, you know, enjoy it while you can, because I'm getting it back kind of a deal. And at one point, Maiko leans down to go pick up the title, and Isla black mists Mako in the face, Maiko in the face, and she falls back and sold it so well. And she was wearing, like, a white shirt, so it looked awesome. But, like, uh, yeah, that one was good, too. I think the women do really good with the misting stuff. When Sasha Banks and Bailey were getting misted by – or I guess Sasha got it. Bailey didn't get it. But when Sasha got misted by Oscar, Becky – by, and when Paige got her, just, ah, my eyes. Like, that's yeah. just dope. But the water, no. <laughs> yeah, that's but a... squirt guns? No, that doesn't. She's meant to annoy you, not – she's not throwing you with acid. No. But um, I will say the MSK not mentioning, really mentioning them, and, you know, all of that is just kind of sad. It I get makes why me nervous not. for Wesley. Yeah. Well, um, I'm pretty sure they're probably going to ask him what he would want to do. I'm sure, I would hope. And, or if not, then I would hope he'd ask to be released because, you know. I, as a singles in that company, I, it's it's not going to work out for him, unfortunately. I think it could, but I think it's tough. You know, like like yeah. I said before, I think to me the only way you get out of it with Wesley is you mm-hmm. immediately uh, lean into the Ricochet versus the Los Lotharios. You have mm-hmm. Ricochet getting double team, need a partner. Boom, you debut Wesley with Ricochet. Let them be a tag team force and go yeah. that route. You know what I mean? Like, I think a guy like Ricochet is the only one who could, who could do it yeah. the same way that but, Wesley does. And and if it doesn't work after a couple months, you cut it. You know what I mean? But I would give it a shot. You know what I mean? I would try. But I think the ish, the big thing is it's like those two are, you know, he's in a pod. And That's true. I think that if it were the other person... That it happened to, like if it happened to Wes, yeah, 
Absolutely. The two of them would, you know, yeah. You think Nash would bounce like, if it was Wesley? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I and think I'm, that, but I, I mean, I mean, I don't know them like you know them, but mm-hmm. wouldn't you think, like, let's say that, that it did happen to Wesley and he says, I'm going to, I'm going to tell them I want my release. Don't you think Nash would be the first one to say, don't, this is your dream. You got to make it work for me. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Like, wouldn't there be a guilt to somebody leaving their dream job like that? You also have to think of it this way. They came into it as a pair. Okay. And because <clears throat> I, I, I don't know if either one of them had uh, gone to a tryout before solo. Hmm. But they came into a pair as a pair. They've been a pair for quite a long time after they found each other and it just worked. Yeah. And I think that um, there's some kind of, with some people, there's still a big loyalty that they have, you know, especially when you're, because with tag teams, if you're just put together, you know, it doesn't mean anything. Yes. But when you have a bond with somebody, you know, like, um, I'm going to, I'll use this as a great example too. Always like the Heart Dynasty. Because why? TJ and um, and Junior yeah. were great together. And then yeah. having Natty in that little mix of it, it brought another element to it. And is it hard to see, was it hard to see, you know, um, Baby Boy Smith Jr. not tagging with, with TJ? Sometimes it was. Yeah. But... When he was put in kill, when he was doing Killer Elite Squad and he was working with Archer, that just kind of worked itself because mm-hmm. he's kind of cuckoo. Not Archer, but Junior yeah. there. <clears throat> um, God love him, but he's cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think that um, I, really I just do think, think that I could understand that they would want that. I just also would, if I'm Nash Carter. And the woman I'm divorcing does all this, and it affects my dream job, and now I'm gone. I think the last thing I want is for that to also affect my best friend's dream job. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Some... Like, I think there'd be a lot of guilt there. And I think yeah. that there would be a lot of, like, dude, you have to stay and you have to make it work. No, but on the flip side of it, though, if Wes does leave, and I've heard some this weekend some... some rumors going out there um, that he might be but it's hard because you know like I said it's just really it's hard so and also knowing kind of thinking that if I do stay well what what am I gonna you know what am I gonna have am I gonna have that kind of run where I'm WWE champ probably not no Maybe I'll be an intercontinental champ or whatever. But you see, that's the thing is there's too many. And it's like, is he enough to stand out in that kind of environment? And I don't think so. That's the problem. Because when you're doing it by itself, that kind of, that kind of, you know, wrestling, it's a little different. It's like, okay, yeah, that's like a, 
like a Rey Mysterio kind of thing. And, you know, what most luchadors do, like a bandito or whomever, Dragon Lee, whatever not. So I think that, you know, like with Ricochet, I mean, now he's getting a little bit of momentum, yes, but look how long it's taken. Yeah, and imagine if he quit and he never would have met his girlfriend. You know what I mean? Like True. Like, and he wouldn't be the Intercontinental Champion ever. Like, if he had just quit the first time, yeah, it got hard. True. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that Wes will work on the roster, but I think that you kind of, if you have the chance there, if you're in there, you have to try. And if it fails, oh well. Hey, look, it was it was an uphill battle from the get-go. And oh, when all that happened, it was going to be tough. And it just didn't work out. I'd rather hear that story than, well, they let my buddy go, so I quit because I, I thought it'd be too hard after that. You know what I mean? No, no, no. I don't think that would be their reasoning really at all like oh it's just gonna be too hard no i think it's more of a we came into it together and i you know if you can't be here then you know it's gotta be together so i think that's what that would be but i don't know but i mean but then when you look at people like tony storm i mean you know went home went home yeah and other people who you know like walked away from things because look at like Kylie Ray. Yeah. Okay. I'm not saying you're not allowed to. No. I'm just saying like but, it's a bummer you know, when that's yeah. the story. You know. Yeah. But when you're in the like I said when you're in a duo like that, you know it, it's kind of tough. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying Nash Carter's replaceable, but I'm no, saying no, he's no, not no. the only option. You know what I mean? Like. No. Oh yeah. Uh, no, no, says no. it in there. He goes. So you're so you're saying Ricochet is the one and only he could team with. Man. Yeah. But what I mean, like, I think that I'm not saying Nash is replaceable. I'm not saying that Wesley is going to be universal champion. I'm just saying that I would like to see a guy like him with that level of passion and dedication give it his absolute all until the company says it's not going to work. You know what I mean? And I think that teaming with a dude like Ricochet could help that because I think it would be more comfortable and more his style and... Ricochet's done awesome in past tag teams. You know what I mean? Like, when he was tagging with Aleister Black, it was going awesome. So much so that people didn't know why they were put together to begin with and then didn't want them split up when they were. You know what I mean? Like, Ricochet can do the tag stuff. Like, I think that it would be difficult no matter how you cut it. I just want to see him try because I just love the dude so much. I want him to... I'd like to think that that's not the only action figure they're ever going to make of the dude, you know? Yeah. (laughs) But at the same time, like, maybe you're right. Maybe the, maybe the move is like, hey. But at the same time, like, you don't know what's going on with Nash. So with Nash's story being what it is right now, if Wesley were to leave, it's not like AEW is going to pick them up. You know what I mean? They just wouldn't right um, now. Well, obviously they have – I don't know what the – It would be a lot be. to answer to. I know, but I mean, like, it's going to be – at least three months, and AEW's probably not going to pick him up unless there's some sort of redemption online. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Because it, it's hard to say with this one. Because um, it's sticky. Yeah. But... It, that's what I mean. It's real sticky. That's why I think... Yeah. But if they did... Imagine how the rascals would fit in with all that's going on over there. Yes, they would fit in as a tag team perfectly, but because of the reasons of all this, 
it'd be a real uphill battle to get AEW just take them on. I well, with this one because you've got one crazy, you know, whatever, you know, his ex soon to be ex wife, kind of crazy, and you know, I mean, I don't know when I look when I think about that picture, it's probably you know something you're joking around with. It's not like you know. Yeah, but all of that is is yeah. all of that is irrelevant to the IWC. Yeah. That's what I mean. Tony Khan's obsessed with what Twitter says. Yeah. And Twitter is saying that he's a dude who celebrates Hitler and beats women. That's what Twitter is saying. Yeah. And Mark's I mean, like, it's going to take a big step for him to get to a point where he's going to be able to bring someone like that in. Because whether or not there's a whole bunch of other side of this story that's just a mess. Yeah. Until that's the narrative that the Twitter's willing to accept, I don't think Tony's going to be willing to take them in. And that's what I mean. It also makes it really tough. I think... I think- I think Impact would bring, welcome them back with open arms. Yeah, that's possible. That's very possible. Only because, um, Dre. You know, I mean, that was their home for a long time and stuff. And, you know. Oh, and they took MJ, they took a TJP right away. No. And he's got all sorts of stuff that's way worse than that. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, and... Rick Schwann, they took him in right off of a fresh arrest for domestic violence. So, yeah, you're probably right. Um, well, let's wrap but, it up. Let's talk about what's up. I'd say, but I will say this, is that from where um, I, because I had a discussion with some people this weekend, and we were, we were one was telling me, and this was a promoter, and he said, in a heartbeat, I would bring those guys back. I said, but it's controversial. And he's like, this is where it gets hard. Like, I, you know, he, I, he said, you know, I know them both, yes. And there's just too much to this that, you know, you, it's hard to say. And then mm-hmm. I said back, but you brought in TJ Perkins and you won't even, you know, bring other people in. Because if you're talking about Marty, he's like, I don't want that job with a 10 foot pole. And I said, because everyone's made it to be something else. Yeah. That's the problem. And I said, TJP, I'm like, you know, it, it's way worse. And so when people like try to show the marketing, I'm like, well, what do you feel about TJP? And a lot of times people, well, I don't know about TJP. Well, if you know about Marty, then you sure shit should know about TJP and what he's yeah. done. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, mm-hmm. let's wrap it up and talk a little bit about the Cora Jade segment. Did you get a chance to hear this? No, I didn't. Okay. I didn't. So, Cora Jade comes out and cut a really good promo. Like, surprisingly good. She's she's getting so confident on the mic so fast. Good. Natalia comes out. Comes out. The crowd was just loving Natalia. They were cheering for her, clapping, mm-hmm. chanting her name. She couldn't even get a word out. And they kept screaming louder for her. They were so excited to see Natty. She started getting choked up. Like you could tell, she'd never been. It's been a long time since she's had that kind of reception. That's good that um, she gets that kind of reception because oh, she, yeah, she deserves it. She deserves it. Yeah, it was amazing. And they kept chanting Natty and welcome home, welcome back, all that stuff. And Natty, Natty. It was crazy. And then she cut a pretty emotional promo on Cora about the future of wrestling, about how many people she's trained with, about how she remembers seeing her. Um, in 2011 and all that stuff like 
uh, Cora was like, starts doing this whole fangirl thing. She's like, you were my first favorite, first action figure I ever bought was you. Like, you don't understand how much this means to me. Like, even that you're in this ring with me right now. And then Natty says this really great line where she's all, uh, I've wrestled all of the greatest. And she's like, uh, or say some of the greatest, because I don't, I think there's probably a few of the olders that she wouldn't forget about. But she's like, I've wrestled a lot of the greatest. And she said, I've seen the, the, the backstage in the locker room. And she goes, you are the future of the women's division right here in NXT. And Corey's like, oh, wow. And then Eddie goes, and the future is bleak. Fucking slaps her, knocks her down, puts her in a sharpshooter. So we know we're going to get Natty versus Cora Jade, and I couldn't be fucking happier for that. That's that's a great one. That's a great one. Oh, yeah. It yeah, was so it, Yeah, I mean, talk about, like, really, you know, using one of the vets in such a very, very positive way that, I mean, it's phenomenal. Because I think even with Ziggler and Rude and all that, I mean, I thought that was great. So oh, yeah. 2.0 and is... AJ and Waller was great. Yeah. Yeah, that was great, too. And I think that what 2.0 has been doing with these seasoned people is incredible. I mean, it's so, so good. And, you know, I think that, um, you know, more... Corey. Corey Yeah. It almost makes me wonder, well, who else can they bring, you know, next? Mm -hmm. Because it's just, you know, it's been that really, really cool. I know Mandy's not looked at as the vet, but she is. And so she's mm-hmm. been doing awesome stuff with Gigi and JC. Cause remember how they were really mm-hmm. floundering when she showed up? They came out mm-hmm. and we were like, "What's this? They, they don't quite match. They sort of match." Like mm-hmm. JC was some sort of magician, and Gigi was just some sort of weird dog face punk girl. I don't mean dog faces like a face. She would do like the snarls. <laughs> she yeah. still kind of does, but she would do it like a lot. And so you're kind of like, mm-hmm. "What's going on here?" Like, I, uh, yeah, I love what they're doing with the vets and the and the young talent. The idea we're getting Natty and Cora at some point is going to be awesome. I think that means we're going to see Cora on SmackDown. You know what I mean? Like I really do because they've been because AJ came up, Bronson came or Bron Breaker came up. Like they're having them flip between the shows, and the fact that they're still doing it, I think it's amazing that the continuity of NXT appearing on WWE is regular. Yeah, it's not like oh hey this one guy came up one week. And then they're mm-hmm. back down, and they're gone again, and we don't see anybody for six, seven months. It's every yeah. week. It's who's going to be our NXT highlight. They're trying to mm-hmm. highlight someone from NXT almost every week or two, mm-hmm. and it's awesome. And the, the fact that the next one's going to be Cora Jade is so cool. Um, Natty has a match next week uh, because she went backstage, and someone said something to her, you know, and she accepted the challenge, and they announced what the match was going to be. And I can't remember her name. But it was funny because she was trying to get into um, – she was the one who was trying to get into the Diamond Mine that huh. was kind of chased away by Ivy Nile. Mm-hmm. And when when they – when Natalia tweeted about it, Bailey responded said, like, careful, she can uh, deadlift like 500 pounds. Um, but I forget her name, man, but she was, she's jacked and awesome. So I'm excited. Man, the idea that Natty's going to be on there for a while is going to be – that's the, yeah, I it's think the that's coolest. great. It's yeah. the coolest. Natty's so crazy too. She runs her own like school out of her out of her like house. Really? And almost yeah, it's called Workhorse. And it's insane to me because like she's constantly posting videos of not only her down there training with talent we have no idea who they are, but also it's always like 
live and Lana was there for a while and like you'd see Sasha mm-hmm. Banks there like imagine you're kind of in the school with TJ and Natty and you're constantly getting WWE people there getting ready to come back like mm-hmm. it's fucking crazy and Natty's so in love with wrestling that she doesn't mind that she's wrestling seven days a week you know yeah, yeah. it's amazing mm-hmm. yeah and it's like if the E doesn't want to you know use her you know to her full potential like they have not been in you know yeah. I don't think ever I want to say years but it feels like ever that I think that the, it, it's fucking awesome especially because people can look at her and you know because she's someone that's so I mean she's amazing and just you know not just because of just her family lineage it's just she like eats breathes sleeps this and yes. it's yeah and she's one of the all-time that. greats. I think that, yeah. like, I think realistically, when people are putting together their like Mount Rushmores of women in wrestling, I think Natty's got to be in the conversation, and always should be. And I think the only reason that she's not is because she doesn't seem to ever get those big, iconic moments. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She's not getting the big Bianca moment at Rumble and Bianca moment at Mania. So people go, oh, she's not getting that main event like Lita and Trish did. So people look at that. You know what I mean? She's not. She's not trying to get in the Intercontinental Champion, so people look at that. But when I look at all of those women and the, what they can do in the ring, Natty either stacks up just fine next to them or, or supersedes them. Mm-hmm. And so it's one of those things where it's like she should be in the conversation. That whole boat moniker, best of all time, doesn't feel like that far of a stretch from just flat-out fact and reality. You know what I mean? Like, no. And I think that the WB does know what they have with her, and I appreciate her, and I think that she feels, I mean, I don't know what goes on in anybody's head, but I wouldn't be surprised to find out that perception could be that, that she might be underutilized or underappreciated in that regard. But she's been there so long, and she's used in such great ways to help other people, and she, she makes every star. There's no star there that didn't start out learning from Natty. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. she's the first program women are in, on purpose because Natty's getting them ready. You know, she's dependable and fantastic and always delivers. And when there's a new match that they think might be dangerous, like a ladder match, there's no mistake that Natty's in almost every ladder match because they need to make sure that it goes fine. There's no mistake that Natty's in almost every weapons, like tables match. You know what I mean? Like she's in a lot of these big matches because they need that kind of a ring general and that's her. Whatever. That's my piece on it. Um, anything else? Are you ready to uh, to do last call? Yeah, your last call. There's a lot of you know, way too much AEW this next week. So. Yeah, I'm definitely not watching all of it. So we'll have to see what. Well, what comes I want to see. Um, definitely want to watch Thunder Rosa. Yes. On Saturday. That's Wait, it's Thunder and Nyla, right? Yeah. I don't know if I even care about that. I'm ready to well, see I know, what Thunder but... does next. I just like to watch Thunder. I mean, I know. you know, let's, let's be real. I mean, that's true. She might get the best but, Nyla match you've ever had out of her, so. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. And I think yeah. that um, Nyla's at the point now where um, she needs to have somebody, I think, that is going to kind of elevate her in a way. Because none of these people that she's wrestled, I think, have elevated. She did to a certain certain point, but not really. Yeah. I'll say that. But I think that with Thunder Rosa, that's a pretty, you know, that's a pretty 
legit thing to to see. That's true. That's true. You're right. Talk talk me into it. Yep. But, sorry. <laughs> guys, we will be back to talk about that next week. Right here in the dive bar of the IWC for a brand new episode one. Guys, that's last call. Cheers. Hey, producer lady here. Thanks for tuning in. Continue to support us or buy us a drink by following and putting the eye and subscribe on Twitch. Or subscribe and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. Cheers. I would never have a drink of less than on the rocks.